Fed up with the fact checkers constantly labeling all of your posts as misinformation, missing context, or just straight up false when you know for a fact that it's not? Well, come check me out. I'm Justin over at the Fact Check This Podcast. I cover all of the shit that the fact checkers get wrong, plus general topics of the day and a whole bunch of other fun stuff. So come check it out. Fact Check This Podcast. You won't be disappointed. From the bell tower, taking a stand for your rights, your liberties, and all the bullshit in between. You're listening to Break the Bell Podcast. All right, everybody, find a seat. We're kind of running late on a few things here, so we want to get this shit going. Um, Welcome to the live edition of the Break the Bell Podcast. As you can see, I am sitting here without Bill because he is just now walking in the room. But that's okay. I'm getting started without him. So I'm going to let him get comfortable and I'll do this pre-show shit and let him get settled in. And then we'll get him right on here. How's everybody doing out there? Um, Like I said, we are kind of running a little behind because we have this thing called a day job out there. And for some reason that people think that takes precedent to what we actually, what we're doing here. Here Here's Bill. Bill, how's it going? Hang on, I gotta unmute you. It's well, but it's super annoying when people call during our nighttime hours. Yeah, it's like 10 minutes before we're supposed to kick things off. It's like, hey, uh, my alarm system's going off, and (laughs) I need a passcode for that. It's like, um, it's the same passcode we told you, what, a week ago. we put it in. Yeah, so (laughs) stop calling me during, (laughs) right when we're about to podcast. Yeah. Okay, cue your intro. Hello, beautiful bell breakers. There we go. Now we it can get started. It is great to be here. It is. It's great to have you here. I was like, I know he'll walk in at some point, and I can, I can just ramble until you show up. Yes. So, so we can we can get this thing rolling. Absolutely. How's everybody doing out there? It is February seventh. It is. It is already a full week through February. That's I know that's insane. This, and this and there's year. only like three weeks left, and then we're done. Yeah, this is like a short week. Like you yeah. had said, our boss was going to be gone for like the last two weeks of February. I was like, so you're you're saying like next week because yeah. this is almost over, right? <laughs> already, yeah. we're almost to that point. I know, and you know, we we deserve this vacation as much as he does not. <laughs> we, a vaca- Our boss taking a vacation is. A vacation for us. That's yes. how. That's how awesome it is. Just like, just, just, just <laughs> like, go do your thing. Ooh, we'll hold down the fort here. Take an extra week. Just yeah. take an extra week. <laughs> I mean, just take a month. You deserve it. You've yeah. been doing this thirty-five yeah. years. Just, exactly. just, just take all the time you need. Yeah. Uh, so how you doing, Bill? I'm good. Now I'm that good. now that you're sitting down, you're good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yes. now I heard a rumor today that because um, it was warm yesterday. Yes. Well, for what it's been here, it's yeah. been warm. A- anything in the anything to me, anything above like mid twenties, yeah. is warm. If now. it's above freezing, it's like Sahara. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. But I heard a rumor that your wife was asking for more cold. Yes. Yep. I I had told her I was excited because it's going to be in the forties tomorrow, so I could clean out my work truck 
And she said, yes, I'm praying for a polar vortex. Your wife is the most selfish person <laughs> I've ever met in my she life. She really is. When it comes to the weather. I don't yeah. know. Not not in all the other things, no, but, but as far weather. as weather... Yes. She's the most selfish person yeah. ever. Does she believe in like climate change and stuff like that? Because she, she, you know, I, I think she does because she's one of those like, you know, if it's warm in wintertime, it's like oh something must be wrong with the earth mm-hmm. and and the earth needs healing and so I'm going to pray for cold weather so that it can be healthy. So it's funny because um, when it comes to like masks or vaccine mandates or yeah. or when it comes to like gun rights and stuff, she's. She's hard to the right, I would, oh, yeah, I would say. Yeah, she's but then, then when it comes to like climate change, she's like, please, more cold, God, yeah. please, more cold. <laughs> yeah, she's like, you got to pick a lane. You can't, exactly. you can't believe in global warming and yeah. believe in gun yeah. uh, gun rights at the same time. It's just not allowed, in, yeah. at least in today's polarized world. Yeah. It, it, like you, can't, you can't side with like legal marijuana and also gun rights at the same right. time. Yeah, it's exactly. just not allowed. Yeah, you can't do both anymore. But it's... It's funny because we were talking to somebody and they were asking like I don't know about like retirement plans or something mm. I don't know what's that yeah exactly and I said well my my goal was to to live on a sailboat in the middle of the Caribbean mm-hmm. and maybe do freelance detective work and uh, and Jen's like well I I would really want to live someplace like cold well then you're on your own <laughs> I said well you know what I'll come visit you yeah you go to Siberia <laughs> yeah. they got some great summer camps in Siberia from what I've heard and. We'll all go. I'll, I'll join you on your yeah, sailboat. Yeah, I absolutely. mean, I'm sure she'd be happy if I you just took me on a sailboat absolutely. to the Caribbean and, and <laughs> condemned her to Siberia. Yeah, yeah. So um, all this weather talk, we're going to be kind of talking a little bit about yes. kind of the, the climate change movement, I guess. Not necessarily about climate change, mm-hmm. but the climate change movement. There's some interesting Articles that have popped up, and usually when like these like opinion pieces or these these random articles pop up, it starts making me wonder like what's going on behind the right. scenes that we should be concerned about. And I've seen several articles relating to like overpopulation. Yes, in the last probably month or so. Yeah, and it makes me wonder. It's like what are they li- what are they building up to yeah. here? It's like well, when they start like last year or when Trump was in office. Finishing out his term, they yeah. were talking to aliens a lot, a right, lot of right. aliens. Yeah. But it's just like I'm what? still waiting for that shoe to drop. Yeah, it's like what are you building up to here? Yeah. And now this overpopulation thing yeah. is is kind of, I, I want to say it's gaining a lot of traction. Yeah, but they're starting to feed it into some of the news articles yeah. and stuff, which they've been they've been angling towards for a while. Mm-hmm. That, that was my thing when like uh, people were complaining about you know COVID and. And death rates being high, you know, my thing was like, well, why are you complaining? You think the earth is overpopulated anyways. Well, it's funny because one of my favorite comedians, oh, what's what's the ginger guy? He's bald now. Um, Bill, Bill Burr. Oh, yeah. Um, for years, he, he had this bit where he's just like, just bring on the pandemic, like a pandemic. We just need a pandemic to just wipe out all the stupid people in the world and just <laughs> yeah. take out half our population and stuff. And he, I mean, he had this bit for years going. And then the pandemic kicked off. And he's like full blown. Ma- he's like, stop being stupid. Wear your mask. Blah blah blah. That's it's just like, dude, you were you yeah. were calling for yeah, this shit right. <laughs> like a year ago. And, and, and that's what I thought they were angling. And they're like, oh, this is the first time in fifty years that there's been dolphins swimming through Venice, mm-hmm. or you know, the blue humpback whale swimming through San Francisco Bay. Yep. You know, it's so it's so nice and, and everything's so clean with everybody being locked up. Yeah, and I I think there's there's less they're less open about like the overpopulation yeah. type thing. I mean they they weed it into topics now a little more like mm. discreetly before back and we're going to talk about this but like back in like the 
40s, 50s, 60s. I mean, it was an open topic. It's like, hey, we got to yeah. kill some fucking people because this earth's going <laughs> to yeah. die. No, they were very open about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, and then all of a sudden people started being like, I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> you probably shouldn't say that. And then they're like, well, um, we'll talk about, instead of that, we'll talk about like um, like reproductive rights. They, they right. weed in uh, population control, in my opinion, into like the oh, reproduction yeah. rights movement. How we have to... We have to push for reproductive rights in these third world countries. It's like you mean you you need them to stop having babies. Right, exactly. What you're saying. You're trying to lower their birth rates. Yeah, and we're gonna get into all that shit because I mean, we we got this whole topic for the whole two hours, two and a half hours. This is going to be we're gonna dig, we're gonna don our conspiracy hats, our tinfoil hats. I'm not going to say, I'm not gonna say any of this is really true necessarily. Yeah. I'm saying, hey, this is an interesting topic that I want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, don't report us to the YouTube gods and say, hey, these guys are saying that so and so is out to take out, wipe out half the world. We're not saying that we're we're going to read theories that are out yeah. there. We're going to discuss them. We're going to talk about maybe how that applies today yeah. with not only COVID but also like the climate change movement and yeah. stuff like that. And I'm going to use. I'm going to not say the infamous word that starts with a v that gets people kicked off youtube vagina <laughs> not going to say too much of of the word vaccinations oh, i'm yes. not going to include that so if i say the words like pre preventative medication just know what i'm talking about when i when i get into some of these theories because some of these theories predate covid so they could actually say some of the shit without right. fearing of getting uh, Joe Rogan on the shit. So um, I'm going to use the phrase preventative medication and you'll all just know what that means. And like I said, some of these are just theories. These are just, some of them are just like conspiracy theory websites that are on like a wordpress.com site or something like that. But it's theories that interest me. Yeah. And I I feel like we we can talk about that and people won't get their panties in a bunch. But I do I feel like it it falls in line with things we've talked about in the past. Oh, absolutely. As far as the World Economic Forum, it lines directly up with absolutely. So I'm very I'm very sure that uh, our our buddy evil pet cat person Klaus Schwab (laughs) yes is a part of this whole thing. Yes, Mister Mister Schwab and his uh, World Economic Forum. Yes. Yes, yeah, I I have a little bit to talk about that. We're not going to talk too much about the World Economic yeah. Forum because we did a whole episode talking about them back in the day, probably a year or so ago. Mm-hmm. So go back and listen to those episodes. Before we get in, any deeper into this, uh, we got to make sure we bring up our sponsor, which is Run Your Mouth Coffee. They support your right to live. Yes. They want overpopulated. <laughs> they support <laughs> overpopulation because the more people in the world, the more people can drink their product. Exactly. They they support your right to live no matter who you are, no matter what third world country you live in. They don't want you to get offed because yes. the world's overpopulated. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know where else to go with that. But our friends at Run Your Mouth Coffee, they support free speech. They support your constitutional rights, all your individual rights, which one the mainly being your right to life. Um, so visit them, drink their delicious product. You can find it at rymcoffee.com. Tell them we sent you by using that promo code, break the bell. That's all one word. And you'll get 10% off your purchase, rymcoffee.com. Make sure you check us out all over the social medias. We are on Facebook. We're on MeWe. We're on uh, uh, Instagram, Twitter, 
all that stuff. I just started a Getter account. So. I I think I started one for yeah. us, but I have not oh, done okay. anything with it yet. So we are on that too. If if you guys are on some of these alternative uh, platforms, let us know, and we'll spend a lot more time on them. Yeah. Uh, like I said a couple weeks ago, we're stretched really thin on where we can focus some of our resources. So yeah. if you are primarily on some of those other platforms, let us know, and we'll get our shit over to there. We'll spend more more time over there. Um, you can also check out our website at breakthebellpod.com, and you'll find links to most of those, at least the main social media platforms, and our content, audio, video content, everything is all in one spot there. I'm still working on it, so I don't have all the links on that site yet, but definitely go check that out, breakthebellpod.com. I'm ready to get into this, are you? Absolutely, I am. We're going to get into this show, and we're going to talk about population control and the climate and whatever else we feel like talking about. So uh, we'll be right back in just a minute. Sit tight through this intro video, and we'll be back. What did you say? You talking to me? What, what the heck are you talking about? What did you say? What did you say? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What did he say? What did he say? Are you talking to me? Well, maybe he was talking to me. What did you say? Talk to me. What in heaven's name are you talking about? Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, baby. Did you just say? What did you say? You listen to me. Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What the hell are you talking about? Who are you talking to? All right. I believe we have all our ducks in a row finally. Well, as as much in a row as our ducks yes, will we'll be. get. Yes. Our ducks are always like bobbing and weaving yeah, and out of line and stuff. Shit and- yeah, but as much in a row as our ducks can potentially be, I think we're we have them in a row. You're finally seated and comfortable. I am. I'm, I'm, I'm settled and ready to do this. All right, good. As we mentioned in that intro video, or before the intro video, maybe our ducks aren't in a row yet. <laughs> eh, whatever. We're getting there. We'll keep going. Um, as a, as we mentioned in that that pre-show, we're going to be talking about. Some population control stuff, some overpopulation stuff, how this kind of ties in with the climate change movement, the roots that are in the early days, I guess, of the climate change movement and and things like that. I I, I don't think either one of us necessarily believe that climate change isn't real. Yeah. I think it's definitely used, like COVID, as a tool for the elitist to, to power grab. I, I don't necessarily think I don't think it's what they think it is. No, I agree. I think I we've talked about this before that that the world kind of goes in waves up yeah, and down. It's, it, yeah, and, weather patterns are cyclical, so yeah. it's like. And know. I, I mean, I do think if we don't, to some extent, take care of the world, yeah. it, it's like your body. Right. Shit goes in, shit goes out. Right. If you're uh, like doing meth all the time, your body's going to reflect that right. eventually. If we're giving the world meth constantly then it's going to cause some serious damage so um i i think to an extent we got to 
take care of it, but the extent that they're saying that certain people in certain pockets of the world yeah. and it's becoming more and more mainstream narrative of how hey let, let's cram us all in cities let's uh, um, kind of control the population I mean you yeah. got freaking Bill Gates that's on the population control train whether yeah. he wants to admit it or not his 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 language speaks population yeah. control and eugenics and stuff like that and I did a whole episode about Bill Gates and his desire to save the world I think it was like early January this mm-hmm. year, so people can go back and check that out, and I just bitched yeah. about... Well, what, what I remember I had taken a, uh, a sociology class uh, back in the day, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember this professor we had was very very liberal, got all, most of his information from New York Times, but I remember him talking about how he felt one of the worst things that we've ever came up with in the world was a cure for malaria, because so many people were saved, and... Actually, I did read. I forgot to put that in my notes, but last night I was reading something about that. How yeah. it was almost like counter. It was almost a climate control measure to yeah. get. Uh, oh, it was a D, DDT. That's it. Yep, DDT. DDT was kind of a climate control measure because yeah. um, once we once we stop killing the mosquitoes with DDT, which DDT I believe is probably horrible oh, for absolutely. your body and horrible yeah. for the environment. But once you got rid of that. The mosquitoes down in like South America mm-hmm. started biting people again, and it just increased malaria, and people yeah. started dying off again. Yeah. And so, it's, uh, I, I have seen theories that that was an intentional population control yeah. measure to to do away with DDT. Yeah. I don't know if I believe. I, again, I I don't feel like on this episode I have to say on everything. I don't know if I believe this right. or not. I I'm just going to preemptively say, I don't know. Yeah. How much of this stuff I believe? We're just going to talk about the theories that are out there. Right. You guys are smart enough, in our opinions, maybe not in the opinions of your government, maybe not in the opinions of mainstream media, but in our opinions, you guys are smart enough to be able to hear some of these theories right. and decipher for yourself, ah, I don't, I don't yeah. know if I, I agree with that or I don't think that's true or not. Right. And some of the stuff that I'm going to read, I don't necessarily believe. Yes. But it's interesting stuff that I want to freaking talk about yeah. because it's out there. So so why not? Absolutely. It's our show. I agree. And like Craig said, we're throwing the information out there. You do the research you want to do. You take what you want. You take what you don't want and um, come up with your own conclusions. Yeah, I wouldn't even say any of this is like like serious research I did. I like seriously went and looked for some of the most off the wall theories for like the speci- especially the second half. We like to go yeah. full blown crazy in the, the second. Deep end. Yes. So uh the first half is the shallow end. We kinda get you introduced to some of these topics. And then the second half we just throw you kicking and screaming into the deep end if if we're talking like anything conspiracy theory yeah. type stuff. So so that's how we keep you engaged too because um, some people are like, man, I want to hear the crazy shit. And it's like, right. well, stick around for the second half then. Right. So we're going to get right into this. The first thing that came to my attention, which got kind of my, my brain, there, there was a couple articles, like I said, that p- popped up in the last few weeks about just mentioning overpopulation or population control. And it made my um, spidey sense go off. It's just like, why... Why are we bringing yeah. this up? This ain't the 1950s and 60s. Why, right. why are we bringing this up right now? The first one was this letter. It was an opinion letter in the Las Vegas Review Journal, and it is titled, Overpopulation is the Real Problem. Fair enough. I think you can see 
their direction they're yeah. going to take on this. So I'm going to read this one. Like I said, this is the Las Vegas Review Journal. This is really short. It's just, uh, like I said, an opinion piece of a nobody. It's not like a journalist or anything. It says, uh, interesting stance on the need for for kids. I, I think we missed part of this because I don't oh. know why... I don't know why it starts out that way. It makes no sense to me. Right. It just says, interesting stance on the need for more kids. First of all, Elon Musk can agree. Must have been something with this video that I'm not going to watch. First of all, Elon Musk can agree as he has five kids. Of course, being a multi-billionaire, he can afford to care for them all. Not everyone can afford children, and if they have them, care could be a problem. I continually read about child poverty and hunger because parents are struggling. This problem is worldwide. On the other hand, the Pope says we need more kids. You remember that? That was that was one of the things that that I I almost forgot about until I read this this article here. Uh, the Pope came out like three four weeks ago and was like, "Guys, we need to be having more babies." Right. Yeah. And every all the climate activists like shit their pants. They're like, "Oh my God, this guy claims to be." We thought pro, he was on our side. Pro climate change, and he's telling people to have more babies. That yeah. that's just going to perpetuate the problems that we have in the world. Why is the Pope? He must he must be the Antichrist because he wants people to have more babies. And well, last thing I heard was that birth rates were way down. Yes. So yeah, and I have an article okay, about okay. like we're at like record low birth rates right yes, now. Okay, and that was one of the other articles that popped in my attention. Yeah. So it says, on the other hand, the Pope says we need more kids. Well, how many children will the Pope, the cardinals, and the Catholic priests and nuns have? Easy to say someone else has to solve the problem when it does not affect you. It's funny because you'll never know how many kids they have. <laughs> it's true. That is true. The world, in my opinion, is becoming overpopulated. Well, thank you for your opinion especially in poorer countries. If we continue to add to the population, poverty and starvation will increase. Do we really need to have a birth rate that replenishes or increases the population? <laughs> have you ever... <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Have you ever heard somebody ask the question, do we really want to replenish humanity? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I mean, unless it's some of these crazy off-the-wall yeah. people. It's like, it strikes me as somebody who was on a flight across country and sat next to a family that had some kids. Probably. And so they get on that and they're like, like do we fuck this shit, no more kids. Do we really need more of these assholes? That's probably it. But yeah, that, that line there, uh, do we really need to have a birth rate that replenishes or increases the population? Yeah. Do you know what happens if you don't have a birth rate that replenishes the population? Extinction. Right, yeah. That's let's, what happens. Let's think this through, people. I, I understand... Because uh, I took some conservationist classes when I had to get my hunting license. So oh, sure. I understand like the whole concept of overpopulation and how hunt and hunting, which maybe maybe that's what they need to go for is uh, the what was it called? The, the most dangerous game. There you go. Yeah. Where we just need to go have human hunting or right. the, the purge, the yeah. purge movies. Right. I mean, yeah. problem solved right there. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but. Anyway, back to hunting. <laughs> um, overpopulation of deer leads to the deer starving right. and um, actually leads to possibly uh, the extinction of the deer population. Talk to Thanos. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, hunting deer is actually what keeps the deer population thriving yeah. because they can actually have food to eat. So I, I understand the concept of overpopulation. Right. I just don't necessarily... I don't... First of all, even if you believed an overpopulation is the problem, 
what person gets to call the shots? What right, person yeah. gets to be Thanos and yeah. make that decision? Who gets to play God yeah. and decide, you know, um, these people over here, they shouldn't be having so many kids. These people over here, they're doing okay because right. they have more food and stuff. So they they should be popping out a couple more. Yeah. And like like who gets to make that like who has that much of a power trip that they get to make that call? Anyway, that that's all from that art um little clip there. But I thought that was a good way to start this off. Yeah. Like some Karen on the internet's yeah. like, um, in my opinion, the world is already overpopulated, <laughs> and the Pope doesn't have babies anyway, so who is he to say right. that we should be having more babies? Yeah. Maybe the Pope should get off his ass and have more babies. <laughs> Why did I? Wrong button. Yeah. So, then there was the one you, the what you were talking about, the end of natural population growth. Right. So, again... When we start seeing downward trends in the population, that could be an issue too. Right. Just as much as overpopulation, underpopulation could be just as much yeah. of a problem. I mean, again, you know what the I think I saw the um, well the COVID fatality rate or something uh, currently is like nine hundred thousand. Yeah, and I th- think that's in the United States. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I mean, boomers are dying, and this next generation—I don't even know what generation we're on anymore. They aren't having kids. Right. They don't want to have well, kids they, right now. They have brainwashed them to thinking, hey. That it's bad it, to have kids. Well, yeah. It's it's the American dream to to go work a job. Then maybe in your like mm. 40s, maybe if by then you think you're ready to have a kid, then yeah. have a kid. Um, ignore the fact that that could lead to some kind of medical complications yeah. when you're having late late pregnancies like that. I'm not saying everybody does, but, but it, it is known that the later on past your 40s you get – the more chances you have of like birth birth right. complications yeah. and stuff. So, um, but yeah, that's kind of for the last fifty years what we've been taught. Like, don't have kids young. Yeah, I mean, explore the world and right. all this stuff. Yeah. Well, then people get into their careers, get set in their careers, and mm-hmm. it's just like, well, I I, I don't have any time. I don't have space. time for this. Uh, I've got my my yeah. my job. My my life is is doing this job, and so yeah, it, it's turned into less kids, less babies. And the problem is, not according to me, so don't say that it's the problem, according to some people, isn't us, it's these third world countries that are uneducated, They're, they don't, they right. lack the medical care, they lack yeah. the, the, the quality of life, and they're the ones that are popping out all the babies. Right. So where do you think they're going to focus if population control comes down? Right, third world countries. Yeah, and you can see how that looks at least looks racist really damn fast. Oh, absolutely, like, yeah. All these, all these uh, third world African tribes need to stop having fucking babies. Yeah, right. Yeah, and that's why they've you know they send all these these aid you know places out there that encourage abortions and such. CD McRae says, "I wish I could get rid of the overpopulation of bots and Liberty Podcast live stream chats." CD, I do too. I don't know what these Russian people are that that yes. post their links. Um, they must really like our podcast because they come on every freaking time. week. And or we get the Nazi bots too. Oh yeah, yeah. I like the Nazi those bots ones. are way way better than the Russian bots. So, <laughs> CD, it's good to have you on. Um, hang out. Definitely stay in the chats and, and participate because um, we we like we like interaction. Absolutely. So 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 talk to us, please. Um, so, again, this one's called The End of the Natural Population Growth. And this is from Zero Hedge, which is which is where I found a couple of these sources. That okay. It's because I spend a lot of time, like, my primary source 
when I'm going to look for current news is Zero Hedge because because I like their angle on stuff. Yeah. And so, uh, so a couple of these popped up this week, and I'm just like, what the hell is going on? Mm. So this one's actually from January 22nd of last year, or of this year, sorry. Um, I had to stop and think about that. It says, the number of countries experiencing more deaths than births in a given year is steadily increasing. As Statista's Katharina Bukols details below, an analysis of UN data by the Federal Institute of Population Research out of Germany shows that the natural balance of birth and deaths is declining worldwide, causing aging and even decreasing populations. So first of all, if the UN has a Federal Institute of Population Research, then they're probably studying overpopulation, right. and they're probably... Not saying they are, but they're probably the ones that would be pro-implementing population control. Right. Yeah. Because it's in their name right there. Um, it says, Germany was the first country in the world to experience a surplus of deaths. Um, that was probably during World War II. That would be my guess, yes. Every year since 1972, fewer people were born there than died. Before 1990, this also started happening in Hungary in 1982 in the Czech Republic in '86. By the middle of the current century, however, uh, all countries in Europe, with the exception of Norway and Sweden, are expected to see natural, see natural, natural pop- population growth. Not just natural, but natural, natural, but natural, natural well, population what, what, what growth. What the hell's going on in Norway and Sweden that everybody's decided to start popping them out? <laughs> right. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe they're happier up there. I know in right. some of those Nordic countries that's well, cold you're locked in you know yeah and i get your freak on yeah i mean yeah <laughs> what do they have like winter like eight months yeah, out of the right. year they i mean we have a lot of like september babies because you're always stepping on that damn court I know, it's in my way. we have a lot of september babies because it's cold and then you yeah you don't have your outdoor activities so what are you gonna do and so babies happen in september but in norway i guess it, it's cold a lot or yeah. sweden um, or I, I don't know. A lot of those Northern European countries have like really high quality of life too. Right, so yeah. they're not just living their lives being like wanting to kill themselves all the time. <laughs> it's like, why would I want to bring somebody into the world when I don't want to be here myself? Yeah. So, um, again, it, it says Norway and Sweden are expected to see natural population growth turn negative with the exception of those. So all the okay. other countries gotcha. in Europe. Populous countries such as Brazil and China are also projected to experience the change before 2050. Well, I can't imagine why China, right? who has their one-child policy, yeah, and if you have more than one child, you get thrown in jail, or maybe worse. Social credit fine or something yeah, like that. Yeah, or possibly kill the child. Right, yeah. Who knows, with China. I can't imagine why they would see negative population right. growth. yeah. Past 2,100 most naturally growing countries will be found in Africa, with some also persisting on the Arabian Peninsula in Oceania and Central Asia. Sweden is the only only European country expected to keep up naturally natural population growth past that date. Wow, Sweden, you are doing something right. No doubt. A surplus of deaths does not automatically mean that a population is shrinking. Migration also plays a major role in the equation and can prop... Prop up population growth if a country is able to attract and willing to admit admit enough migrants. Germany, despite its long history of net negative births, benefits from an immigration surplus, meaning that more people immigrate to the country than emigrate in the most years. In most years, with the effect that its population continues to grow slightly. 
So even though they have a downward trend in births, they're right. bringing in enough outsiders that right. they're they're keeping their yeah. population up. So it's like artificial population. Right. Yeah. Other European countries, mainly in eastern part of the continent, have been less successful in fostering immigration, which caused their overall population growth to turn negative. Japan is another example of a developed country that until recently was not partial to immigration, also placing it on a list of shrinking countries due to its death surplus. The same fate is expected for South Korea and China, two more Asian countries with declining births that haven't positioned themselves as migrants. Do you know why Japan is, is so low on birth rates? Why is that? Because they don't like to have sex with people. <laughs> they have the weirdest kinks. They like to make sex robots and yes. sex toys, yes. or they the virtual or sex holograms, yes, and, and things like that. Yes. So yeah, I I understand that they have. And <laughs> I've said before, my theory is um, that their plan, their agenda, the overall encompassing agenda to curtail overpopulation to control the population is um, just make us all um, andro- androgynous beings. Yeah, we right. don't we don't have yeah. uh, male parts or female parts. They because they got that CRISPR thing where they can genetically modify mm-hmm. people. It's like a microwave for 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 yeah. people. So they can genetically modify people, and you have whatever g- genes you want. So you can genetically modify them to not have mm-hmm. um, a pee pee or a hoo ha right. and. <laughs> In in the medical terms, yes, those are very very <laughs> clinical. <laughs> so, um, make us all androgynous, which I think is the direction, at least I, America's heading, and par- probably Europe. Yeah. Um, and then all babies are created in petri dishes, right. and we still experience sexual pleasure, but it's through like it's stimulation, virtual. like vi- virtual stimulation, yeah. or like, it's like a, demolition electronic. man. Yes, exactly. So that has been my uh, my theory for at least. Probably ten I'm years. I'm down now. with that. So any birth has to, excuse me, has to probably get you know would have to get like government approval or, or CDC approval, and then they they take the 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 prime DNA strands to make sure your child comes out and and mm. is able to sustain. Well, I think a life. yeah. To start out with, it's going to be the the best mm. of the best are allowed to birth yeah. children, and I mean this is like straight like Hitler ideas yeah. here, and then after. A certain point, it's just going to be babies formed in petri dishes that nobody's going to be having their right. own babies at some point. But um, that's like super dystopian yeah. shit there. But it wouldn't surprise me at all. No, me neither. So we got this surplus of deaths and this decrease in births. And going back to that letter that was penned in the L.A. whatever, um, where he's like, do we really need... Do we really need to keep up with with the death rate? It's like, dude, I we we sure we don't have to, but then that means there won't be any more people. <laughs> so it's interesting to me that it's European countries, the United States, and all these developed countries are seeing experiencing mm. and, this and they, decrease, and they totally chalk it up to education. Yes, they, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. It, they t- they say it's because we're more educated right. and blah blah blah. And like like I said before, all these developing countries don't have the resources. They're not. They don't have the yeah. birth control resources. They're not educated, so they don't have to really lift a finger for population control for us. Yeah, uh, developed smart people. It's the 
the third world countries that they're going to have to worry about because those are also the ones that are more susceptible to like famines and right. uh, uh, food shortages right. and stuff too. So um, if they are going to have to lift a finger to implement some kind of population control, it's going to be yeah those nations that um, that don't yeah. understand like it, we understand. It makes you wonder like you know how much is is conflict and war encouraged in those areas. And yeah, yeah, and I think there's some stuff that gets into some of the the conspiracy theories that um uh, um some of the the military powers that are also in some of these organizations that I'm going to talk about uh they they push some of these Middle Eastern wars to destabilize in those regions and stuff and, mm. and so to kind of help implement some of their further implement their agendas here. I, I know this stuff gets crazy, so bear with us. It's crazy to me too. CD says they have absolute. Then they'd have absolute control over the population. That's that's exactly it. If, yeah. I, I'm assuming you're referring to my dystopian theory. Um, yeah, that's exactly it. If they're creating them in a petri dish, then they don't have to yeah. worry about overpopulation. Um, they just come up with a magic number. Yeah. Of what? Like right now, we're at like almost eight billion, right? Let's say they decide the magic number is. Five billion. Right. I mean, that's what, two-thirds? Yeah. So, five billion. And so, I mean, we just stop letting people reproduce eventually. But is that going to be fast enough to wait for the people to die off? Or do we need to kill some people off? Yeah. Do we need to, I don't know, like, uh, install some kind of worldwide pandemic or or something like that? Not saying that that's what happens, but do we need to do that? Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, once you get to that magic number, then you just have the baby petri dish factory mm-hmm. pumping them out at the rate that people right. are dying off, and then you you have 100% control over that. I, I'm curious to to know, like, once the baby boomer, boomers have passed, mm-hmm. right? How much? How many in the population will that take out? Because right. baby boomers are are large. There's a reason they're called the baby boomers. Right, exactly. <laughs> they they boom those babies. <laughs> so, you know, once they, they have gone the way of the dodo, is there <laughs> how much of the what percentage of the population is that gonna open up? <laughs> I mean, I, I would think that would free up some space for the rest of us. Right. Exactly. <laughs> oh, we gotta keep going because this is the article. I, I got several articles. Starting out because these are the ones that that sparked my attention, and this one just popped up yesterday. It was while I was searching for um, stuff to talk about in the weekend wrap up. This one just happens to pop up. I was like, "Where the hell did this come from?" And it is titled "Is Population Control the Next Conspiracy Theory to Become a Reality?" It's like, wow! Shit! Wow! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Zero Hedge. It says, uh, I'm not going to read this whole thing because it is very, very long. But this is going to open up our topic about some of the organizations that I want to to address today yeah. that I didn't even know existed until... Right. When you said something, I had never heard of that group before. And I'm like, what? Yeah, I was like, hey, uh, you want to go full-blown crazy tomorrow? And you're like, yes. I was like, okay, look up this group. You're like, within like 30 seconds, you're like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so let me pull this one up says, uttering phrases like eugenics programs or depopulation agenda is a surefire way to get yourself cast as an alt-right conspiracy theorist who listens to misinformation from Joe Rogan en route to driving your 18-wheeler as part of a convoy. This must be a very recent article. Like I said, it was popped up (laughs) yesterday. Okay, Uh, That's clearly protesting to promote white supremacy. Yet, as it typically is the case... 
the characterization of those premises into an idea constructed in form of a straw man that can easily be defeated is done to control the narrative enveloping those subjects so that they aren't examined in good faith. So basically all conspiracy theories that they push as that they push you into that that box of Joe Rogan, Alex Jones, um, alt right, yeah. white supremacist. If you if you ask any of these questions, right. it is to control that narrative. So then, anytime anybody mentions the word eugenics or mentions the word like vaccination or something, all of a sudden everybody just pushes you in that box. Right. Yeah, discredits you immediately. It says time and time again, these supposed conspiracy theories end up becoming a. St- ostensible realities. The recent deterioration of diplomatic relations between the U.S. and Russia illustrates this point in spades. I'm not going to read all these different examples. I'm going to get into what they're talking about here. It says, with this in mind, it's fair to say that typecasting the idea that a global political entity would be focused on population control as another baseless conspiracy theory without actually investigating the claim would be naive. A premise that was once epitomized by outlandish things like speculation of Operation Bluebeam. Have you ever heard of that? Mm-hmm. I had to look that one no, up. No, what is that? It's basically that they're going to use satellites and project like some simulation in the sky, like what I whether it be like alien invasions or something. Oh, okay. But like and somehow use that to impose population control. Interesting. Um or FEMA camps emerging ends up being typically is the case, rooted in a nuanced explanation of emerging from an examination of events in recent history. Global response to the COVID-19 pandemic since 2020 puts the once-veiled facts surrounding organized efforts at population control into the plain light of day. Appropriately, many of the supranational non-governmental organizations, government officials, and magnates of industry who have been entrusted as the leaders tasked with constructing a pandemic response have evident ties to a worldview and political ideology that centers around the need population control enacted through global governance. Hmm. It's a lot of words, but basically what it's saying, if you look at, it's not saying, hey, the, the, the COVID-19 response was evidence of population control. It's saying the people that were tasked in charge of the global response to COVID-19 are also the people that have the same ideologies that kind of align with population control and mm. like the Klaus Schwab's, the Bill Gates of the world that if you just listen to the things that they say right. with an open ear and not immediately get brainwashed from the, the, the mainstream media, if you just listen to the words that they are saying, it's straight up like population control Absolutely. shit. Absolutely. Like when Bill Gates comes out and it's like, uh, you know, the no, the population could be up to like twenty billion by the year twenty twenty eight, and we can we can really decrease that number through the use of vaccinations and blah 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 and 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 uh, reproductive. Uh, was that a good Bill Gates? Yeah, that is really good. Actually. I mean, is that nothing but population control tactics? Yeah. That's, you yeah. can't say that's a conspiracy theory when he is literally right. Using literally it. saying yeah. it. Uh, CD says, if the planet's population is depleted, what becomes valuable? I don't know. Well, when it, 
yeah, things would become less valuable because there's less people. There's more of a surplus of gold and shit. So if there's yeah. less people to get gold, then gold becomes more. Yeah. It's and not like there's more gold. There's just less people. So when it, things become less valuable. Yeah. And that's like their whole their whole ideology is that resources on earth are limited and yes. we have too many people to support it with the resources that we have and um we'll get into that more well another part of that though is that it's not just limiting the or or decreasing the population mm-hmm. it's it's controlling it so it doesn't get back there yes. and controlling the resources so that they don't go down you know they they're going to have to control the the lumber they're going to have Which to control Which means they're going to have to take take possession of all right. of the natural resources. And, and, I mean, Somebody at the top right, is has like, to be in control. I'm going to out of the my my love for this planet, I am going to take it on myself to have 100% control of right. all the yeah. resources. It's, it's going like, to be tough, but I can do it. <laughs> yes, yeah. I, I can take on this responsibility I mean, myself. W- one of the guys that I listened to while we were doing research had said that, you know, we need to look at at changing the way we we farm. Look at the way we produce livestock. Yes. How we produce food so that we can do it in a more sustainable manner, which means they're going to divvy it up and they're going to control the flow of it. Well, if they stop producing mass quantities to ship all over and like use for other things other than like feeding people, I I've read that like we produce enough food to feed the world like three times over again. Yeah, yeah. But the way it's managed and hoarded and like oh, yeah. used for for well, other things, and farmers are given money to to or subsidized so that they dis- they destroy half their crops or you know destroy a certain amounts so that they so can they can regulate the prices. Right. Exactly, shit. it's yeah. like what kind of shit is that? It, yeah, that's 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 a whole I know, other I know, story I know. that we haven't even <laughs> get into. So this goes on to say the World Economic Forum's unexpected rapid ascent. Following its surreptitious origins in 1971, was accelerated by the influence of another NGO veiled in secrecy. So we've talked, like I said, about the WEF. Yeah. But this other NGO was kind of tied with them, and their ideologies aligned, and they actually they actually used the WEF to kind of propel their mm-hmm. message. And that that uh, group is the Club of Rome. Does that not sound like some super secret? Uh, like elitist, elitist organization. Bag, yeah, yeah. Like uh, I, I had read one source called them a, a Masonic organization. I, yeah. I don't know that there's the connection there. Most people just throw any like super secret organization into the Freemasons. So right. yeah. I'm not going to say that they are that, but they are a super secret organization mm-hmm. that wants to control the world. Uh, it says the club was founded in 1968 by a duo of Aurelio. I, I got this written down how to pronounce this guy's name. Hang on. His name is Aurelio. Where did I write it down at? Damn it. Oh, I'm on the wrong page. <laughs> Sorry. I'll get there. We're there. Uh Pe- Peche. So Aurelio Peche. Peche. Okay. Aurelio Peche. He's Italian, I think. Okay. And Alexander King, who themselves had ties to the Bilderberg group that was created in 1954. So all these groups are just a bunch of rich people that get together yeah. and decide what's best for us peasants. Right. Absolutely. They actually, like this Peche guy in his writings, actually used the word peasants to describe I believe it. the rest of us. Uh, <laughs> CD says Skull and Bones 2.0. Exactly. That, yeah. I, it prob- maybe it's like... They're a, all spinoffs, yeah. you know? If- <laughs> it's like a spinoff series. Yeah. Uh, so it says the central 
tenant mo- uh, motivating the two to found the Club of Rome was Peche's philo- philosophical worldview, which he succinctly titled Problematic. In essence, Peche's ideology viewed the desperate problems afflicting humanity as a singularity which needed to be controlled accordingly by constructing a comparably monolithic global and political apparatus tasked with arriving at a resolution. Core components of the WEF platform espoused today from environmental crises, poverty, disease, population size, originated from the Club of Rome's intent to envelop every crisis facing humanity to act as the crucible through which a future molded to serve their interests would emerge from. Yeah, so, that's not scary shit. Yeah, so so the w- WEF now... So the WEF back then was kind of like, basically, a, like a one-world government type yeah. type ideology, and then they espoused this, this uh, environmental overpopulation thing from the Club of Rome, according to this. Right. And so that's... All the shit that you hear about climate and population and disease and stuff coming out of the WEF came straight from the writings from this this club of Rome. So are they like competing to see who can get the population down fastest? <laughs> <laughs> that would be quite quite the 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 depopulation games begin today. Yes, that that's when the the uh, the purge happens. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, like, I hit all my numbers this month. So uh, I've got several resources about these things. I probably won't get to all of them because we're already pushing almost an hour here. Um, So just to kind of sum that up, their ideology is that, this Peche's ideology was that a lot of these problems, if if we take each thing as its own problem and try to solve that problem, it's basically pointless. Like, it, it's not going to happen like right. it, like world hunger you can't just take world hunger and, and focus on focus world on world hunger you can't just focus on climate change right. it's all one encompassing problem yeah what they don't say here is that one problem is people people exactly <laughs> man is the enemy you are really killing your microphone today <laughs> i right. need to get you a wireless i guess all right all right like uh, you good we good like madonna people are are the problem <laughs> according to this this Pei Che guy. Um, we're the enemy, and we're like a cancer to the world. Basically. Oh, yeah, it's, right. It's like, how self-hating can you be to, right. to call your own kind yeah. the, uh, um, the cancer of the world, basically? Yeah. CD says that's the scariest word salad <laughs> ever. Yes. I agree, CD. Yes. Uh, all that combined into one, like, shit sandwich of, of words. Yeah. And it, it's terrifying. And so when, when I say... A, we don't necessarily believe all this stuff. There, there's a lot of stuff that uh, they no. actually say that they've actually said that's scary enough that yeah. we don't even have to get into the conspiracy right. theory shit. Well, and and the the more the scarier part, which is something that he doesn't really get into or say, is the fact that when he says people suck and are a cancer, he means the peasants. Yes, and not not him. Obviously. No, obviously not, not because them. he's he's solving the problems. So a little more in this article it says. The focus on global population growth became an especially important focus of the Club of Rome that led it to assimilate its own interests with Schwab's burgeoning World Economic Forum in its early days. Though its first meeting in Davos 1971 was convened under the WEF's initial moniker, which was the European Management System. So, uh, again, the WEF was more like... Yeah. Like containing Europe. It wasn't all this, like, climate crisis stuff. It was just like... 
uh, what you'd consider the New World Order, right. I guess. Well, then <clears throat> they merged into that with their whole climate overpopulation shit. Got it. Uh, Schwab's political ties to the likes of his Harvard mentor, H- Henry Kissinger. Oh, God. I didn't know Henry Kissinger was related to this, but I actually his I, name has I, popped up a lot in my research I, tonight. Yeah, I watched a video, and they, they talked about different members of this group, and his name yeah, is one that popped. Yeah, there's like an American branch, and he was yeah. like a head of the American yeah. branch. Uh, it says, uh, to European Commissioner for Economic and Financial Affairs, Raymond Barr, uh, would prove to be invaluable as the conference attracted approximately 450 attendees from countries around Europe as well as the U.S., despite their the organization's nascent state. This auspicious beginning, coupled with the WEF's pan-European political ideology, garnered the attention of those leading the Club of Rome. So, like I said, uh, when it comes down to, like, New World Order and depopulation— you got the New World Order out of the WEF, and you got the world population out of yeah. the Club of Rome, and they joined forces, and now we have what basically the, is over-encompassing of right. the WEF now. Yeah. Um, let me see. I've got some notes here to finish out this article. So so a couple of the, the points that they wanted to make. Like I said, this is super freaking long. One of the things that they talked about was... It's called. They 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 talked about uh, restructuring the globe. Yeah, and I'm going to get into that more on the conspiracy theory shit because I they don't talk about it here. They don't talk about it on Wikipedia, but but they mention like restructuring, like global restructuring, right. and they also talk about um, a new model of global government and a new new model of like economics, like a yeah. more sustainable economic system that's yeah. more like resource based versus like capital based, right. like profit based. Yeah. And so that's like straight up oh, yeah. World Economic Forum. No, that's talk. you know, it's interesting because when, when I was looking at all this and stuff, we we both like said the same name almost identically. Yeah. Like with what's Jimmy Carter. Yeah. Yeah. And well you're like, this sounds like Jimmy Carter shit. And I was actually just reading something. Yeah. I, I wasn't alive really during Jimmy Carter's yeah. administration. So, but I was just reading something and I had just written down Jimmy Carter question, uh, exclamation point. And you're like, this sounds like Jimmy Carter. I was like, Dude, what the fuck? <laughs> well, it's funny because my, my, my wife has been frustrated by the, the inflation and the fuel gas prices and stuff like that. Mm. And, and she's like, you know, has it ever been this bad? I said, well, you need to look at the seventies and everything I don't that know Jimmy much Carter about that did. at all. I don't know really hardly besides what I've read here. Yeah. I was going to let you talk more about Jimmy oh, Carter okay. because you know more <laughs> about that apparently. Right. So. Well, I mean just just I just know about, you know, the the gas shortage and and the inflation or stagnation and stuff that Jimmy Carter tried to push. But the guy was talking about how they tried to implement things in the 70s and then he talked about how Reagan coming in the 80s really screwed things up for them mm-hmm. and he blamed a lot of where we are now as a as a world and the economy on things that Reagan did in the 80s. That's kind of what they're doing with 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 these types of elitists are probably think about Trump that they he right. threw the monkey wrench in yeah. in the yep. gears that they had they've had in motion for yeah. a couple decades now and then Trump comes in and like puts a damper on that yeah. and so now uh Biden comes back and we talked when Biden came back in it's like okay things can go back to business right. as usual now yeah. so and he's jimmy uh, carter 2.0 yeah only he's more sleepy <laughs> and less alive yeah um so i wanted to really get into who this club of rome was because again i'd yeah. never heard of this me neither you had never heard of it and apparently it's 
And this is stuff As, that, I mean, because when we were looking at, we did a lot of research into the World Economic Forum. Oh, yeah. And, and the Great Reset and everything. It and, never and, popped up in that never, research. Never, Which yeah. is crazy to yeah. me, because the world, if you're researching the Club of Rome, the World Economic Forum pops up everywhere. But That's if you're so researching crazy. the World Economic Forum, they're like, yeah, we don't know those guys. Yeah. <laughs> so this is from the great source of Wikipedia. Uh, it says the Club of, Club, this, this isn't going to say hardly, this is so vague. Yeah, right. It doesn't even say what they do. The Club of Rome was founded in 1968 uh, at Academia dei Lincei in Rome, Italy. It consists of 100 full members selected from current and former heads of state and government, UN administrators, high-level politicians and government officials, diplomats, scientists, economists, and business leaders from around the globe. Those, Those things that we like to, in our sphere, call... Elitists, right? <laughs> like the the smart, rich people that think they know what's best for us. Yes. Um, it goes on to say, it stimulated considerable. <coughs> excuse me, sorry. Stimulated considerable public attention in '72 with the first report of the Club of Rome: the limits to growth. Since uh, July 1st, 2008, the organization has been based in Winterthur, Switzerland. Winterthur, okay. Switzerland. Switzerland. So, from that. From that intro paragraph, that that's usually where you get the the general gist of what something is right. on, on Wikipedia. Yeah. From that intro paragraph, do you have any idea who they these people no, are? That's the most vague thing that. Any idea what they stand for? What they do? Uh, well, they did release the limits to growth. Yes. It doesn't say anything what that is. Right. That is their initial publication of yeah. their fear of population of uh, yeah. overpopulation. That's like their their manifesto. Yes, basically. Uh, formation the. Club of Rome was founded in April 1968 by Aurelio Pece, an Ita- Italian industrialist, and Alexander King, a Scottish scientist. It was formed when a small international group of people from fields of academia, civil society, diplomacy, and industry met at the Villa Farnesina in Rome, hence the name. Again, doesn't say anything about who they are or what they do. Right. Apparently... That I I think it's this villa here is owned by or one of the first places they met was owned by David Rockefeller. Oh, okay. So when you you want to talk about what's fucking up the world, let's get like this. Rockefeller was oil tycoon, wasn't he? Oh yeah. So yeah. let's get this guy involved, and he was one of the the co chairs or something of of this mm-hmm. uh this Rome this club of Rome, and it's just like. You yeah. get all the people that are fucking it up for everyone to say, hey, how can the rest of them right. not fuck up the world for all of us? It, it doesn't make any sense. And that's always how, when you, when you get those people, it's always the people that are screwing, that are creating the most oh, carbon yeah. emissions no, most right. of the time. Yeah, the private jets, you know, the, the big-ass convoys. Yeah, so um, it says, hang on, CD says, shell companies for sure in Switzerland, yes. Um says the central for formation so this talks about the problemat problematique which is his problem that i i mentioned how humans are the problem right central to the formation of the club was peche's concept of the problematic it was the opinion that viewing the problems of mankind environmental deterioration poverty endemic ill health urban blight criminality indiv- individual individually in isolation as problems capable of being solved in their own terms was doomed to fail. So, like I said, you can't just solve right. one problem. Yeah. 
That's all those connected. are just a symptom of the main problem, which is the cancer. Right, which is the which is the people. Peasants. Yes. Yeah. Um, all are interrelated. It is this generalized meta problem or meta system of problems, which we have called and shall continue to call the problematic that inheres in our situation. I'm going to start calling you all the problematic. <laughs> Y'all are the problem. Right. We need t-shirts that say, I'm problematic. It says, in 1970, Peche's vision was laid out in a document written by Hazan Azabakan, Eric Jantz, and Alexander Christakis, entitled, The Predicament of Mankind, Quest for Structured Response to Growing Worldwide Complexities and Uncertainties, a Proposal. <laughs> The document would serve as the roadmap to the limits to growth, which is their manifesto. very first manifesto thing. Right. So now it talks about the limits to growth. We're, we're going to go quick through this one. It says the Club of Rome stimulated considerable public attention with the first report to the club. The limits to growth, published in 1972, its computer simulations, 1972 computers, right. no less. Those are like the size of your house. Yes. <laughs> Suggested that economic growth cannot continue indefinitely because of resource depletion. They needed a computer to right. realize that resources eventually dry up. Yeah. Um it says the 1973 oil crisis increased public concern about this problem. So so get this. These people meet at David Rockefeller's house. Yeah. Oil magnet, right? Yeah. Come up with this theory that resources will run dry in 1972. At an oil magnet's house. Yeah. A year later, uh, this theory is perpetuated with an oil crisis. Yeah. Do you see how maybe that could be manufactured mm -hmm. to push an agenda? Right. When you have an oil tycoon yeah. on board with you, it's just like, yeah. oh, shit, I, I, I never saw that coming. Yeah. It's like, oh, see, we were right. There's an oil crisis here. We were absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, all our research here was right. Yeah. So basically, uh, this computer model simulated that growth, like human birth rates and growth and... and right, like um, locus. Yeah, it's... Uh, what are they? It's compounded. Right. So it doesn't just go, move linearly. It, like, goes up in an upward mm -hmm. cycle like that. But, like, technology and... Re like, the technology to produce more resources is linear. So mm -hmm. eventually that compounded birth rate population rate is going to far out yeah overpower the technology yeah so that's that's what this computer simulation showed yeah. showed them so that's right. why they think population is going to kill the planet but you know it's it's a misnomer because they really look like they look at oil right fossil fuels which of course we've been taught since kindergarten is a finite number right yeah so then they're trying to push into wind and solar. Yes, right? yes, CD, you did read that right. It, they did say the phrase meta systems. And yeah. if you are thinking meta like Facebook and how that's a weird, creepy coincidence, yes, I agree with you. I'm thinking I'm on the same page I, And there. my guess is that Zuckerberg is part of this yeah. as well. Oh, oh. yeah. Yes. But yes. anyways, but they, they, they put the fear of God into people for nuclear, though. Yes. Because nuclear is, is something that is much more efficient. And it's, uh, it doesn't run out. Right, it doesn't run out. So they have to have something they can scare the shit out of you with. Yeah. Right. But but now they're pushing away from nuclear because oh yeah, it's all a oh. non never ending resource. So right, they're exactly. like, wait, this is too efficient yeah, here. Exactly. And we can't just keep 
we can't keep pushing our agenda yeah. with this nuclear shit. So, so they're shutting down nuclear plants. Well, let's have a couple meltdowns in some yeah. some places. We'll, we'll make some movies about it to scare people, and then <laughs> and we'll so every, move on to solar. And we'll go to solar and wind, which is uh, it's a renewable yeah, resource. Right. Ju- it's just as renewable as <laughs> yeah. nuclear, right? It's not as efficient, but... Not, not even close to as efficient. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so this book... Lim- or the, this article or this book, whatever they want to call it, this manifesto, uh, limits to growth was basically that, like, resources will run out. Right. And we have to do something about this. We have to get on top of that uh, before we allow the the resources to run out. I want to find the part where they it specifically says in this Wikipedia article that man is the enemy. Hang on, just... Here we go. And I was actually right there. I just... Didn't see it. it. Says in searching for a con- <laughs> so this this is great, right? So listen to this. Um, they go on to say this was in 1991. This this group, the Club of Rome, says uh, every state has been so used to de- to classifying its neighbor as friend or foe that the sudden absence of traditional adversaries has left governments and public opinion with a great void to fill. New enemies have to be identified. So they're always looking for a fight. Is what right. they're saying. Humanity's yeah. always looking for a fight. Um, new enemies have to be identified, new strategies imagined, and new weapons devised. And we, we say this about how they're making up all these wars mm-hmm. all the time. Right. It says, in searching for a common enemy against whom we can unite, we came up with the idea that pollution, the threat of global warming, water shortages, famine, and like, would fit the bill. So they're saying, we decided that, that global warming is a viable enemy, that we yeah. should all come together. Because they're saying, all these fights... Uh, I missed the part. It's like uh, to bring a divided nation together, they basically right. bring a fight in. So we right. all, which like, is kind of like nine eleven. Yeah, you know? right. so we all come together on one yeah. page. Which was what I was talking about. Was they're they're going to do with aliens? They've been yes. trying to do with with um, global warming. So they're trying to say what they're saying is um, they've decided that global warming fits that bill where we can all come together to fight that. But it almost seems like we made up this enemy yeah, for you, right. known as global warming, uh, yeah. to, to put you all on the so same page. The same page. Yeah, something so, that you so guys we can made focus this on. Yeah. So that, that, that sentence could go two ways. Either I mean, you could definitely, I think, translate that like, hey, we made the shit up. So yeah. to that, that's how I take the same it. Page. That's how I take it, too, yeah. based on what we see in any um, entity that wants mm. global dominance like this. Yeah. It's like, y'all fall under us mm. to take on this one enemy. But then it goes on to say, in their their totality and their interactions, these phenomena do constitute a common threat which must be confronted by everyone together. But in designated these dangers as the enemy, we fall into the trap, which we have already warned readers about, namely mistaking symptoms for causes. So even... These, even though we yeah. can all come together, we can't say global warming's the enemy because right. it's just a symptom. Right. It says all these dangers are caused by human intervention in natural processes, and it is only through changed attitudes and behavior that they can be overcome. The real enemy, then, is humanity itself. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> we are, in fact... The enemy. The enemy. It feels we good, are doesn't it? cancer. We are yeah. the disease of the world. Yeah. That's us. That's what this this group that wants to rule us. Yeah, looks at us. Looks at us we, as the we are, we are the the locust. We are the infestation that we're, must be dealt with. We are the scourge of the world. Yeah. 
that is the Club of Rome. So we got a little bit better understanding who this club is and their mentality and their yeah. mindset. Again, if you if you look at the people that are in this club, I'm going to see if there's a list of people in it. Notable members. Alexander King was one of the founders. Mm-hmm. Um, we got Ashok Kozola as a co-president. I don't know who that is. I don't either. But if you scroll on down, we've got... Uh, oh, where's his name? The first female member was Elizabeth Mann Borges's Borges's. Um, there was there's some notable names. I got I got to find them. Hang on just a second. I'm gonna go George Mika- Soros. Mikhail Gorbachev. Oh okay. Is he still there? Uh, it doesn't say. It says. I, I bet you Putin's in there now. <laughs> I I don't know if he is, but one of the people that let me find his name. Hang on, I gotta control find this because. My brain's not working. I can't read. Pierre Elliott Trudeau. Do you know who that is? That's Trudeau's dad. And that I only is know Justin that because you mentioned that. Trudeau's father, who is also a former prime minister of Canada. Yeah. We talked a little bit about Trudeau, Justin Trudeau yeah. last week. So he's also in this group that wants to control yeah. all the resources. We've got the last leader of the Soviet Union. Uh, Gorbachev, mm-hmm. who is in that group, and I'm sure there's other people that you won't yeah. even see their names show up on these lists well, because like, I said so. The video I was watching, some of the names they threw out there was George Soros. Oh yeah, Barack yeah, they Obama, were Obama, Henry Kissinger. Yeah, well, there, like I said, there's like the American yeah. branch of it too, and this doesn't even include the American yeah. branches. And Henry Kissinger's name popped up so many times. Yeah, so so that's obviously there. Um. I don't really need to get into this Peche guy, but he was the guy that wrote, that penned this whole thing, the whole uh, narrative or the, what'd you call it, manifesto. Yeah. Um, I, I'll, I'll talk more about him later, but we are kind of running out of time in this first half, so I, I got to get through a couple things before we get into the crazy shit in the second half. Uh, the first thing I wanted to to show was the, uh, the clubofrome.org, which is their official website, and yeah. Doesn't sound look like much of what we're talking about, but it, it does look like a typical like climate activist website. Sure, because it's got like uh, it, it kind of reminds me of the WF's website or um, the Agenda Twenty Twenty shit that we you know how they had all their different um, mm-hmm. branches or Agenda Twenty Thirty whatever yeah. it was. Um, so this shows like different branches, impact hubs is what they call them. They talk about emerging new civilizations. Planetary emergencies, reframing economics. So, what the WF wants to do, right. like to resource-based economy versus profit-based economy, yeah. um, rethinking finances. Ooh, I, let, let's see what they say about rethinking finances, because that's something we haven't even mentioned. Says the global financial system is currently at the service of an outdated economic paradigm. It acts as a means of wealth accumulation for a narrow elite. Whilst disregarding the negative externalities of the environmental damage and social inequalities. So, so listen to the irony of this sentence. The global financial system is currently at the service of outdated economic paradigm. Acts as a means of wealth accumulation, accumulation for a narrow elite. Interesting. What so- is the, the group? The Club of Rome. Right. A narrow elite. A narrow elite. What yeah. is the WEF? A narrow elite. Yep. 
says a new sustainable financial system will be a core pillar of our new economy, which serves both humanity and the planet. So it's going to be probably a single uh, centralized banking system. Like we have our central bank, like like we have the, the federal banks that are all not owned by the countries already, that are yeah. all connected to um, these narrow elites already, elitists already. But they want their narrow elitists, which I, I'm sure like the, the Rothschilds and shit are... Have oh, to be intertwined yeah. in all of this. Absolutely. It, it's got to be. So, so, so they want to change the banking system. What are you looking up over there? Um, I was just reading. Um, I'm trying to find a members list of like U.S. Association for the Club of Rome. I I was having a hard time finding that myself. Yeah, all I could find is an emporium, and uh, <laughs> only two names on it was uh, Mervin Sears, um, who is it? I think he was a. Helped develop engines and technology that got us into space. Okay. And um, Dana Raphael, who apparently was a big proponent of breastfeeding. Oh. Oh, okay. Yes. All right, then. Um, Another section in this uh, clubofrome.org is this youth leadership and intergenerational dialogue. So, uh, you know, like brainwashing the children type section here. So it says there are ever more educated, informed, and virtually connected young people who think about the future of humanity and tipping points, like the Greta Thunbergs of the world. Do you think mm. she's got to be tied into this? Yeah. She's oh, got to be a is. member of her the parents youth. probably brought her in. It says many want the same system change dynamics as the members of the Club of Rome and fundamental changes in our current economic, political, and social system. What do the youth know about our current economic, political, and social systems. Oh, just what they're told. I mean, it's bad enough we got to let them vote at 18. Yeah, right. <laughs> but but now they want to tell us about the changes they want to implement with the economic, political, and social systems in the world. Yeah. It talks about um, this youth leadership and intergenerational dialogues. The Club of Rome has established a global young leadership program based on three key areas— Education, engagement, and action. The approach encapsulates both the value of nurturing future leaders through education, or grooming them is what Mm, I would call that. Exactly, indoctrination. Inspired by the Club of Rome's core vision for a substantial future of humanity and the planet. Whilst, I like how they keep using the word whilst, (laughs) uh, recognizing that this learning process needs to be leveraged and translated into concrete projects with genuine and lasting impact. Do you know who else has their own youth, global youth leadership program? <laughs> the WEF. I did not know oh, this. Yeah. They have, it's called the Young Global Leaders. It's a group. Well, they had their nice little children's book. Well, no, this is like, you know how the WEF is like a bunch of all these big elitists come together in yeah. Davos and do their meetings? Well, they have young leaders, which is actually uh, okay. 38 and younger, that they and they bring in, and it's like, you're talking like, uh, people in like scientific tech fields, sure. uh, celebrities are in this group. I've got a list of names. Okay, and they also do like an annual meeting of new champions, is what it's called. Do they fight it out? <laughs> <laughs> Hunger game style. So some of the most notable people that I recognized in here are, um, Mark Zuckerberg, obviously, of course, uh, John Legend, singer John Legend, really? who uh, I don't. I wholeheartedly agree with this because I think he's like 
a Satanist Illuminati oh, scumbag. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if you're going full blown conspiracy theory, he is part of the system. He I is part it. of that. He and he's his, his wife Chrissy Teigen. Yeah, She's, the two of them are yeah. freaking. I they probably eat babies and shit. I, I don't I know. Believe that. Um, Ashton Kutcher's in it. He has his like um, child uh, child trafficking yeah. organization. Uh, Justin Trudeau's in it. Um, Chelsea Clinton is in it. Oh, I knew that one. Yeah. So, but before you think that means this her is, parents are probably part of the other one. Probably before you think this is all super one sided, though. Ivanka Trump is also in. I it. I can see that as well. So all these people, all these young people, coming together to uh, do these to mm-hmm. to come up with its big think tank of the, all the the young outstanding leaders of the world. And when I see names like this. And when I see names like the people in the World Economic Forum mm-hmm. or in some of these other organizations like the um, the group of the Club of Rome, my thought is all the people that are in these groups make up probably 99.9% of the wealth accumulation in the entire mm-hmm. globe. And they're trying to decide how to make life better for us peasants. It's right. like... You yeah. could fucking solve all of the world's problems by by writing like tax ten yeah. percent of yourself. Yeah, all of you, all of the members of the World Economic Forum, all the members of the Club of Rome, ten percent tax. Mm-hmm. All world yeah. problems are solved immediately. All yeah. world hunger solved. Uh, freaking, uh, we could come up with technology to uh, distill ocean water, mm-hmm. like right. desalinate uh, ocean water, so yeah. so we can have mass amounts of water. Just just fucking use your money instead right. of deciding, hey, how can we make it? What what rules can we put on yeah. society in general to make yeah. world sustainable? It's like, dude, yeah. spend some money and do exactly. some shit. We we really need to to raise your taxes so that we can we can try to become more sustainable. We need to, you know, convert your 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 money from from um, oil and petroleum development over to wind and and uh-huh. solar. I mean, it's just. It's like these people have all right. the fucking yeah. power. Yeah. They have all the money. And they're like, uh, one of the big things was they, they talked about, I don't remember, I, I'm sure I'll get to it eventually, but uh, they talked about how problematic um, th- this group here, this, this Club of Rome, talked about the problem of the increasing, uh, what, what's it called, the, the inequality gap. Oh, yeah, yep, yep, yep. And it's just like, yeah. You people are the reason for that. Yeah, exactly. You people are the ri- the the people that are like pulling away from yeah. the poorer people, causing this inequality gap. Yeah. And you want to say, hey, the, oh, this could be a problem. You got the fucking Rockefellers. We're starting this shit. Yeah. Um, you got Mark Zuckerberg in your groups. I'm not saying the same yeah. group, but all these billionaire, yeah. multi. Billionaires, and, and they're all going to say, "Well, it's because of uh, it's most likely because of white supremacist supremacy and the uh, the imperialist system is why it's unequal." Yeah, right? I mean that that's the go to. Yeah, I mean that's, that's what they it even is, came but... out and, and was saying how global warming was like racist. Yeah, right. Oh, obviously, so, because it affects that. Yeah, it's like, but well, it's all bullshit. Yeah, and who are the ones creating the most carbon? Yeah, it's the people fucking flying yeah. their right. private jets super yachts to through... Davos every yeah. summer, and and super yeah. yeah, Jeff Bezos and his super yacht that he has to disassemble yeah. historic bridges to get out of yeah. uh, Sweden or what Norway? It was Norway, I yeah, think. Norway. Uh, yeah, it's just the it, it's so they're delusional. delusional. Yeah, it's either delusional or it's intentionally. Um, it's intentional. It's a I, power I, trip. It's control. I, they yeah. 
they 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 have these this god complex where it's like oh well we have the money and the power and so we need to to save everybody else and so we're going to take care of them like children we're going to come up with and some put them in rules. the playpen so yeah. they can't screw it up for the rest of us yeah that's exactly I, and i think a part of it comes from their fear of us peasants using up all their valuable oh, yeah. resources Absolutely. Yeah. Because then they won't be able to have the cushy yeah. lives that they have today. So if if us us low lives, us uh, animals mm. down here, us livestock that that yeah. create their cushy life for them, uh, without sounding like a communist, obviously, of course. Um, if we used up all their resources, then that's a problem. So yeah. especially the people, I mean, they're probably going to die anyway in those right. third world countries. Yeah. So we don't want them, we don't want to waste our valuable resources on them. Yeah. And I think it was Harry Kissinger, I, I saw a quote, I, I haven't validated this quote, but it was basically like, us, <coughs> excuse me, us here in America have worked hard to build up this lifestyle for us, so we don't want those people coming in taking that from us. So we basically need to, yeah, to kill them all. Is <laughs> is kind of I can see that. what it came down to with Harry Kissinger yeah. there. Uh, we are out of time for this first half. We need to get into a break, and then when we come back, the crazy stuff, because we've <laughs> the stuff we've talked about is mostly just the stuff that's out there. Yeah. The stuff that if you mention you're conspiracy theorist, but it, it's like the Great Reset. People call you conspiracy theorist for, for talking about the Great Reset and how this group of elitists wants to rule the entire world and make decisions for us and make us eat crickets and shit. Right. But that's what they're saying. That's not what we're saying. It's in their children's book. <laughs> yeah. That is that is what they those people say. So you can't fact check us on this or or kick us off for misinformation when they are the ones saying that. And so most of the stuff that I've covered, yeah, we might have put a conspiracy twist on it a little bit, but most of it is just the stuff that's out there yeah. in the real the real internet, not in the crazy side of the internet. Yeah. But we do need to get into a break, and when we come back, I do want to dig into some of that, that more bizarre, uh, the theories about population control and shit like that. Um, some of the the theories they talk about this uh, Club of Rome and that Peche guy and some of uh, the things that people say that they said, but I can't specifically verify, right. Right. but I'm still going to read it because it's interesting. Yeah. So we're going to get take four or five minutes on a break here, and then when we come back, we'll get into some of that stuff. So don't go anywhere. Make sure, grab grab yourself a drink at least, um, because this is a drinkable, a drinkable episode, Definitely. in my opinion. Definitely. Grab yourself a drink, and we'll be back in just a couple minutes. Goodbye. Have you ever thought that maybe voting, maybe all this politics constantly surrounding you is not the way to achieve freedom in your life? Hi, I'm Remsa W. Martinez, and I ask myself the same question. That's why I'm on a journey to find true freedom in my lifetime. From learning about financial independence to new ways to develop rugged individualism to amazing guests living strange, crazy, amazing lifestyles that you've only thought might be real but actually are. Go ahead and check out my new show, On the Run with Remsa W. Martinez at the We Are Libertarians Network. You can find On the Run with Remsa W. Martinez on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. You know how the internet works. Come on down and let's discover how to achieve real freedom in your life together. 
Hey everybody, I just want to take this time to give a big shout out to the very first sponsor of the Break the Bell podcast, that is Goulash Media. They can be found at goulashmedia.net. Uh, Goulash Media specializes in graphic design, web design, audio recordings, video work, wedding videos, uh, music videos, even political campaign videos. Uh, Goulash Me- Media caters to the little guy with the big vision. You can check them out at goulashmedia.net. That's G-O-U-L-A-S-H media.net. We're back. We are. And we're caffeinated. We're what? Caffeinated. We are. Hey, I ran up to get coffee, and then I came down and forgot to bring my coffee down. And then I had it delivered straight to the door. That, that's some service That is there. amazing right there. See, your wife prays for snow, or cold, not even snow, cold. Yes. My wife delivers me hot coffee to <laughs> the door here. So That's, that's maybe, not bad. I don't know. Maybe it's time to get a new one. <laughs> it is it, no. There's other benefits. I, I couldn't do that. All right, I, I'm willing to deal with her even pagan prayers. I mean, that, that's. <laughs> I mean, that's like right down the line yeah. of what we're talking about here. Right? Like, I mean, that's just bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's to recap. Yes, we're kind of talking about people who want population control and how it ties with the. Uh, the whole narrative of climate change yeah. and um, we talk about these organizations like this club of rome and um world economic forum we haven't even really discussed too no. much about population control but again it's not it, it's the things they do and the things they they concern themselves yeah. with that that screams that they would support population control because right. you can't say things like hey uh, the world's going to run out of resources yeah. because there's too many of us more than there is resources without saying we got to do something about mm-hmm. the overpopulation. Well, but and it also, again, it frames their mindset that these elitists that want to save us yeah. look at us as the enemy. Yeah. That we are we are a pestilence upon this earth. Yeah, do you think they're referring to themselves? No. Uh, when they say no. humanity's the enemy, you think they're talking about uh the the top point zero one percenters that they are. Right. Like I said, the people that own like collectively probably ninety nine percent of the, the wealth yeah. anyway. And these are people who are like I can't believe these people are breathing the same air as me. Uh, they're, they're polluting the air. Uh, they're, they're just mucking up the systems yeah. here. They're eating all our food. Yeah. Uh, they're cutting down all our trees and yeah. shit. Using our, our natural resources. Yeah. It's like, how am I supposed to fuel my super yacht if yeah. you guys use up all the gas? Yeah. I mean, how are we supposed to do that? And, and there was this freaking bridge that you guys built that I now can't get my take, boat out. Now we got to take yeah. the damn boat down or a bridge down so I can get my boat out. Thanks, people. Yes, exactly. So, so we talked about the more normal stuff. Let me get rid of this music. Uh, we talked about like kind of the mo- normal narrative of yeah. these people, like who they are, what the what they say that they are, and we kind of filled in a few blanks here and there um, because they're not going to come out and say, "Hey, we're pro population right. control," yeah. because that's just not popular anymore. Right, exactly. For some reason, 
the general population is not pro-population <laughs> control. Right. They, they don't want them to know that, yes, the, the, the COVID deaths that happened the last couple of years, they've been toasting every one of them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Woo! We hit 300,000 people! <laughs> yes. Um, so I'm in a, a, another article, because we, we read the Wik- Wikipedia article yes. of the Club of Rome. So I wanted to get the conspiracy take on, like, what are the conspiracy theorists saying about the Club of Rome? So instead of Wikipedia, I went to conspiracywiki.com, which I didn't know I was didn't a thing. I didn't know that was a thing. There's a Wikipedia Damn. just for conspiracy theories. That's amazing. You learn something new every day. Of course, it's probably been put there by the FBI. Yeah, it's probably. <laughs> oh, it's definitely. Um, uh, uh, just sign in here with your your no, number and email. <laughs> it's controlled opposition, yeah. too. Hey, right. <laughs> Let me get this pipe lit because... I'm going to need it for this one. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. So this is the, the Club of Rome's article on... Wow, that smoked up everything. Uh, the Club of Rome's article on conspiracywiki.com. It says the Club of Rome was created in 1969, or 1968 by the Morgenthau Group, which I don't even know who that is. I couldn't even like... Morgenthau There's group. so many rabbit trails you can follow Right, this yeah, one. I know. Make sure you... Can you post that in the, in the yeah. links? Yeah, in the show notes, I'll post some of these articles, specifically this one. But uh, the Morgenthau Group, its original purpose was to create a new world order hmm. by the year of 2000. Oh, well, they're way behind. Well, I, they probably already did, and we just... Again, it's it. more subtle. Like, yeah. I, I feel like population control isn't going to be so in your face, like, hey, uh, we're going to slam the world with, uh, like, super AIDS or uh, throw them all in FEMA camps and kill them. I think it's going to be more subtle, like, yes. uh, I, like uh, these uh, one-child things. What you got? I, I can't go down this rabbit right now. All right. <laughs> Morgenthau Group proposes an alternate history. Oh. <laughs> So that's that's how again this is conspiracy theories we're not saying this stuff is true at all. Yes. I'm going to preface this at the beginning of the second half cuz this is when the shit gets crazy. The Club of Rome was created by the Morgenthau group. Its original purpose was to create a new world order. Like I said it's probably more subtle than what we think. Yes. Uh by the year 2000, the Club of Rome has a hidden agenda to divide the entire world into 10 regions or kingdoms. This is what I found interesting. Uh, the establishment of the Club of Rome. In April 68, the Club of Rome was founded by members of the original Morgenthau group during a meeting at Rockefeller's private house in Bellagio, Italy. The meeting was organized by Aurelio Pece, an Italian industrialist who had close relations to the Olivetti Corporation and Fiat, mm. like the car manufacturer, Fiat. He claimed to have solutions to world peace and prosperity, which could be accomplished through a new world order. And the stuff we read in the first half doesn't mention, like, hey, he, he claims that through a new world order we can do blah, blah, blah. But, again, everything he's saying is in direction with that. It's right. like we need to, like, restructure, have a this new form of government, this new form of economy, basically without saying new world order, right. saying new world order. Right, right. It says the Club of Rome was established with 75 prominent, industri- prominent industrialists, economists, and scientists, members from 25 nations. The Bilderberg Group and the Club of Rome are the most important foreign policy arms of the Roundtable. That's another group, a rabbit hole, which is led by the Committee of 300. Plenty of rabbit trails on this one. So 
there, there's links blow. in this link. There's links to all these other things in uh, conspiracywiki.com. So you get to follow all these trails if you want. Make sure you find your way back out, though. That's the problem with a lot of conspiracy theorists is they never find their way back home. Yeah. <laughs> Many of the Club of Rome members were drawn from NATO and have been able to create a lot of what NATO claims are its policies. Through Lord Kerrigan or Carrington, they were able to split NATO into two groups, a left-wing political faction and its former military alliance. So here's the Ten Kingdoms, or the Ten Regions, or whatever, that okay. supposedly this Peche guy wants to separate the world into. Gotcha. says the Club of Rome acts as a research institution on political, social, and economic issues, and claims that there is no other viable alternative to the future survival of mankind than a new global community under a single form of government. And that's one thing I believe that he probably thinks. Yes. That's what all those elite organizations yeah. think. On September 17, 73, the Club of Rome published a report entitled Regionalized Adaptive Model of the Global World System, which was authored by Edward Pestel and Mihalo, Mihalo Mezervic. The report revealed the club's intention to divide the world into 10 economic political regions called kingdoms, which would unite the entire world under a common leadership. Those regions are... Here, here's a map here, if you want to see it. This is interesting to me. I, I'll, I'll tell you why. North America, Western Europe, Japan, Australia, and South Africa, Eastern Europe, Latin America, North Africa and the Middle East, main Africa, South and Southeast Asia, and centrally planned Asia. So we still got, we still got plans for Central Asia sure, there. We're right, just right. not sure what, what's going on. <laughs> does this look like a fair split here? Look at Russia. Right. Or what they call probably Northern Asia. Yeah. It looks like Russia gets back all of the former Soviet Union, plus Mongolia, plus whatever else you see here. Half, right. of, half of Europe, and then some of Northern like Europe up here, and then all these other islands. Like uh, I don't even know what some of these islands are, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, uh, Russia definitely gets a lot. North America yeah. definitely gets a lot. They get... Mm -hmm. so, so because America... Because the United States would not be on board with any no, of this. No, no, no. But we got our boy there, Justin Trudeau, remember? Right. yep. Whose father was a member of the the Club of Rome, and he's a member of the, the young whatever. Yeah, the, the challengers. The, the super Champions challengers, the, the World Economic yeah, Forum right. guy, the the Hitler youth of the World yeah, Economic right. Forum. Yeah. So I, I, I would have to probably speculate that Canada would be in charge of all of this, not uh, yeah. not the United no, States. We can't be trusted with this shit. And then Mexico is part of South America. Um, Africa, I like how South Africa and Australia are combined. Like, for, Very, yeah. I mean, they talk about how it'd be like basically strategically divided. It's just like, how is South Africa strategically combined with yeah. Australia? Right. I mean, I get on a world, if, if you subscribe to the round earth theory, yeah. The global global Earth's theory. Australia is closer than this map would show right, because yeah. of the curvature of well, the world. But I guess still, <laughs> somebody would have to control the South Seas, mm. and so with the you have one on each side of the Indian Ocean, they would control the Indian Ocean. Again, they're leaving open all the conspiracy theorists. I know every single person that is any kind of conspiracy theorist at all is going to ask the question. 
Where the fuck's Aust- uh, uh, Antarctica? No. Because Antarctica's not real. It's just yeah. it, that's the neutral a, zone. It's a super base. It's like right. yeah, uh, it's where the aliens and stuff land. It's the right. entrance to the hollow Earth or the edge of the flat Earth. Right. Or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Antarctica is always the the basis of the the best conspiracy theory. Yes. So when you when you throw this Club of Rome map on there and you don't include Antarctica, yes. all you're doing is just leaving it wide open. But yeah. there's no economic viability and i mean there's probably good resources down there oh i'm sure I, there I, is I, assume, I imagine a lot of oil down there yeah says the so so like i said uh they split the report that they came up with in 73 split the world into political kingdoms economical and political regions called kingdoms but in the final copy they left the term kingdom out because they thought <laughs> this might look a little like colonial yeah, a little I like uh yeah you know, people might not like that. Uh, it says, The term kingdom was left out when the plan was released in a book entitled Mankind at the Turning Point, which stated that the solutions to the problem of the world could only be developed in a global context. So then it gets into the population control part, which is what we've been kind of leading up to. In 1973, the Club of Rome released a report entitled Limits to Growth. We talked about that. Uh, which dealt with the problem of overpopulation. In August 1980 edition of Fusion Magazine, my mouse fucking died again, um, Howard Odom, a marine biologist at the University of Florida who is a member of the Club of Rome, was quoted saying, it's necessary that the U.S. cut its population by two-thirds within the next 50, 50 years. That was in 1980. Damn. So within 10 years from now, you know, Agenda 2030, mm-hmm. uh, we've, we've yeah. said that they're speculating that the U.S. population would be cut a lot mm-hmm. by 2030. Um, this guy, supposedly, who was a member of the Club of Rome, said the U.S. needs to cut its population by two-thirds. Two-thirds. He said he did not mention how this should be accomplished. Uh, this gets into Jimmy Carter here, which is where you can weigh in because you yeah. know more about that than I would. It says, during the presidency of Jimmy Carter... A task force was created to expand limits on growth document. Uh, does that sound like population control there? Yeah. Uh, it's a two-volume report released entitled Global 2000 Report, which had been authorized by former Secretary of State Cyrus Vance. The report which represented or the p- report which was presented to President Carter attempted to project global economic trends for the next two decades and indicate that there aren't enough resources on Earth to support the expected dramatic increase in world population. Again, I don't know if this report was ever presented to Carter, but this thing says it is, and that would maybe give some uh, look into why Carter made some of the decisions he made economically. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely it does. I mean, again, you look at what's going on now in the country— and compare it to what was going on in the 70s when Carter was in control. I mean, it's almost identical. Mm-hmm. It says, the document says the population of the U.S. should be reduced by 100 million people by the year 2050. About half a year later, the Council on Environmental Quality made recommendations based on the document entitled Global, F- Global Future, A Time to Act. They proposed an aggressive plan to control the population, which included contraception, abortion, and sterilization. In August 82, the Executive Intelligence Review released a 
document entitled Global 2000 Blueprint for Genocide. That's where I'm not sure if if <sighs> I, I, I can't say that I buy into this shit because... You would think it would have a, 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 <laughs> a, code a, name. a cooler name than that. Not, <laughs> Something uh, where people wouldn't be like, what? <laughs> not Global 2000 Blueprint for Genocide. That I, so, so what's this one about? <laughs> yeah. He's like, okay, let's go over the plans today. Let's, uh, we got Blueprint for Genocide. What? What? <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's real quick. You, you yeah, you yeah. don't even have to be there for that. Did I say Just... genocide? I, I meant um, genocide. <laughs> it's French. Yeah. Uh, so in '82, <laughs> the Executive Intelligence Review released a document entitled "Global 2000 Blueprint for Genocide," which stated the two before mentioned documents that I, I talked about, if like the Global Future Time to Act and the other one, uh, the 2000 Report. And um, it it says those two, it specifies that those two former reports are correctly understood as political statements of intent. The intent on the part of such policy centers as the Council on Foreign Relations, the Trilateral Commission, and the International Monetary Fund to pursue policies that will result not only in the death of 120 million cited in the reports, but in the death of upwards of 2 billion people by the year 2000. Holy fuck. I want to I want to see this actual document. I yeah. I got to know if this exists because well, somebody out there claims this exists. Yeah. So this story had to originate it from somewhere. Right. Well, and obviously, I mean, somebody dropped the ball. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because it, um we haven't lost that many people. Yeah, not not by the year 2000. No, maybe they're hoping by 2030. So here's the US Association of the Club of Rome okay. which involves okay. Kissinger. In 76, the US Association of the Club of Rome was created, its purpose is to shut down the U.S. economy gradually. Uh, maybe we can okay. kind of see yeah, what's going on bit, here. Yeah. Henry Kissinger was was then and still is a high-ranked member of the service of the Royal Institute for International Affairs, a member of the Club of Rome, and the Council on Foreign Relations. Kissinger had a major role in the attempt to destabilize the U.S. by means of three wars in the Middle East, Vietnam, and Korea. Didn't he kind of get us out of Vietnam, though? No, not not really. I think he partially got us out. Uh, he probably saw the writing on the wall. Yeah. So says in the Gulf War, the United States Army acted as mercenaries for the Committee of Three Hundred, which is one of those mm-hmm. rabbit holes, uh, in bringing Kuwait back under its control, and at the same time making an example out of Iraq, so that other small countries would not attempt anything against the wishes of the committee. Fuck. And then it talks about this this president. Of Pakistan, who died, and I'm not sure. I couldn't figure out how that tied in, but okay. And that's how they ended that article. Wow. So you see why I said, "Hey, we're going to talk about some really crazy shit," right? But you know, your your boy Bush was in charge, and you know he was a part of all this shit. But okay, so that uh, group of the the young the youngins, yeah, the um. The, the champions. The champions, the WEF youngsters, yeah. the the Hitler youth, the Klaus Schwab youth, I guess we'll yes. call them. Um, some of the other names that I saw, because I went through list after list of each yeah. year, the inductees, and I saw several Bushes, sev- several um, Walkers, which is the other side of the Bush family, yeah. like Herbert Walker Bush. Oh, sure. So the, the other side, the in-laws, um, it, they were pretty prominent in there, too. There was I... like... I think it was George Herbert Walker, like the fifth or something like that, was one was a member. Hmm. Well, it's like President Bush's like nephew or something oh, okay. like that, or second cousin. I I don't know, but 
And you know, Georgie was part of this, but not, but not, but not Jeb. Nobody wanted Jeb. <laughs> no, please clap. Jeb was probably not there. So yeah, you get those those yeah. names that you right. expect to see yeah. in groups like this. Yeah. It, they're in the groups like this. Yeah. So it, it, uh, no, Cheney's surprise. probably in there. Um, I don't know if he's in the youngster one. I only specifically no, focused on the youngins. Yeah, probably not I mean, youngster. he's an old bastard. And they needed to keep uh, little George under control. Yeah, obviously. So, um, what do you think of this here? What do you think of this uh, article or this report, The Blueprint for Genocide? Do you think that exists in that context? No. No, that that would be insane. That's the most incriminating thing I've ever seen in my life. Have they not heard of the FOIA Act? Right. <laughs> but, but I mean, it, it just it puts a lot in perspective. Yeah. When well, you look at some of the wars you, and it, conflicts that, that happen. Yeah, if you read between the lines of all yeah. the kind of insanity in this article, you can pick out stuff that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Like uh, some of Carter's economic policies kind of mm-hmm. make sense some of the stuff that's going on now kind of right. makes sense yeah like th- i was reading some things i we're gonna run out of time soon um so i can't get into all the articles that i i dug into yeah but some of the things was like um destabilizing like supply to so it, it was like not just population control but also like uh, controlling the use of resources. So if you could uh, destabilize the supply of those resources, then people naturally are going to have to learn to stop yeah. using so many resources. And it makes you look at today with the supply crises mm-hmm. and, and right. the supply lines and stuff, and it's just like, so how far does this go? Yes, right. we, we predicted that they kind of intentionally wanted to destabilize the supply yeah. to form some kind of new economic system. Right. Um but I never thought that, hey, they want us to use less resources, so let's cut their supplies off right. altogether. Yeah. Then they got to learn how to right. um, or deal with what they got. Or make energy prices skyrocket. Yeah. Then people are going to turn their furnaces down yeah. and be a little colder or be a little we'll bit hotter prices in the summer. go up so that they'll so they drive buy less, less meat. Or, yeah, gas prices, so they'll drive less. And, yeah. and so, yeah, it, they it can makes e- sense, easily manipulate yeah. systems. But And that doesn't even like take into effect the fact that these are all like population control people yeah. like their whole mindset is population control right. yeah so it makes you wonder like okay they want to knock two-thirds of the the population off yeah right it's like you know what what's the next play i mean if that's truly what they want to do i mean covid took out a, a fair amount but it's not anywhere near what they're wanting Mm-mm. You know, do so. Do they need no? A but World potentially destabilized enough where they could implement some of these changes because right. they don't want to. I mean, they gotta they gotta have so much to to yeah. have this like changeover. Um, but you can't get people like this Paige Hay guy that screams that the main problem in the world is humanity, and then sit there and say you're a conspiracy theorist for saying he wants to kill right. off half yeah. the population or he right. wants to prevent um, further births in like third world countries and stuff right. you you can't have one and yeah. not have the other you can't right. be uh pro on the side that hey there's too many people and not be on the side of we need to get rid of people right i mean it doesn't yeah. work that way absolutely so i got this other article uh titled preventing Sys- systemic collapse and this one was really interesting to me hmm. i'm just gonna read a little bit of it because uh, it's more on the side of that paycheck guy too okay it says, if human beings do not fundamentally alter their current lifestyle and economy, planetary boundaries will soon be transgressed. 
And that this is an interesting term I've never heard. Earth Overshoot Day hmm. is the date on which the world's population has consumed all the resources that Earth is able to regenerate in a year. And it's moving further and further up. In two, 2017, it was um, August 2nd, meaning that 1.7 Earths would have to would have been needed to meet the demand of that year. So basically we run out of um, an Earth's the regeneration for a year that we consume, we ran out of by August in 2017 is what they're saying. I'm not sure how they... Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Because we're still all here, aren't we? Right, yeah. I'm here. Are you here? Uh, mostly. So it says, in 2017, it would have taken 1.7 Earths to produce what we needed for that year. Says in a new publication, the Club of Rome reveals what in their eyes has to change if we as humans want to stay. Uh, we need less of you is what what it <laughs> should be. The foundation for the world's dominant economic systems were laid in the 19th and 20th century when the world was still empty. So you're going to hear in this article, the interesting part is they, they compare empty world versus full world. Sure. And a lot of our economic systems and our religions and our um, government systems were created during the empty world, mm -hmm. like under 2 billion people or whatever, right. when we had countless resources. Yeah. And what they're saying is all these systems don't work in a full world. So yeah. we either... <coughs> God, I keep coughing right in the mic. Sorry. We either A, need to have less people, or B, we need to redesign a system that works mm -hmm. for the full world. And right. we're not talking just economically. They're talking politically and religiously. Um, so it says... When John Maynard Keynes, not Maynard James yeah, Keenan right. of Tool, uh, when John Maynard Keynes developed his economic theory, for instance... Although I believe he could do this. <laughs> he, he probably is that person. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, when he developed his economic theory, for instance, there were fewer than 2.5 billion people on Earth. They produced far less compared to today. Natural resources were abundant, and the Earth could easily absorb the impact of people's lifestyles and economic habits. Presently, the world is home to 7.6 billion with a high level of industrialization and destructive consumption habits. The old system is no longer working. This is the thesis of the report, Come On, Capitalism, Short-Termism, Population, and the Destruction of the Planet. That's their newest book. That's oh, the Club of Rome's like song. Yeah, Come on, man. It's come on. <laughs> right. Capitalism, short-termism, population, and destruction of the planet. They even have an exclamation point here. Nice. I think it was co-written by Joe Biden. Uh, was published to commemorate the 50th anniversary of the Club of Rome in 2018. 45 years after the international think tank first drew global attention to the issue of unsustainability, unsustainable growth with its famous report, The Limits to Growth, the Club of Rome has now published another comprehensive analysis. The work was done by the current co-president Ernst Ulrich von Weissacker, and Anders Wischmann. I thought you were going to say Ernst uh, Blowfield there for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. Uh, along with 33 other club members. Again, if you're... This sounds like some fucking James Bond shit. If you're trying to get the spidey senses of the conspiracy theorists going off... Let's throw in thirty-three club members because that's not like a yeah. conspiracy. That's not like yeah. a like a um, the Masonic like thirty-three levels. Right. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah, I mean the number thirty-three comes up in all these or like yeah. elite organizations. So right. it's like, hey, you know what would really get them going? <laughs> yeah. Let's have thirty-three club members. Yeah. Oh, we got more. Uh, 
more, more bots. More bots. And CD says she'll listen to the second half tomorrow. Good cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Well, it's good to have you on, CD. Make Definitely. sure you listen to that. Um, for the th- crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for your input because we like we like input. So, uh, thanks for the interaction there. So it goes on to say, part one of the book offers an overview of current crises and threats to the planet. It touches on topics like climate change, population growth, urbanization, the glut of plastic waste, and nuclear weapons. The glut? The glut. Uh, In order to measure the status of the Earth, the authors rely on the concept of planetary boundaries, which was developed by a group of international scientists led by these people. (laughs) Back then, the scholars identified nine boundaries which are also called thresholds of tipping points. And so this is probably in the 80s, because they talk about stratospheric ozone depletion. Okay. We haven't heard of that in at least well, 25 years. Well, it's healed. Years. It's yeah. healed itself. So that's because we stopped, they stopped doing blowouts yeah, with hairspray. Yeah, nobody does hairspray anymore. Yes. <laughs> uh, biodiversity loss and species extinction, chemical pollution and the emission of novel compounds, climate change, ocean acidification, land use, freshwater use, and global water cycle— the flow of nitrogen and phosphorus into the biosphere and atmospheric aerosol loading. So it, it, it just talks about basically all these things that we need to do. And this this is referring to, this is kind of a promotion for that book. But right. you can see how for their 50th anniversary, they they feel that things are still... In the wrong direction. Well, of course, <laughs> they haven't they haven't dropped you know a third of the population off yet. Right. So um, there's some more stuff in this. I don't have it highlighted. These are long ass articles, but it talks about how balance. Well, it, it talks about like I said, um, how we need to redefine religion because it talks about um Abrahamic faiths contain statements about the dominion of people over nature going back to the origins of the major religions of the world it should be recognized that they all emerged at times when nature seemed robust and endless and the relatively few humans were threatened by hunger wild animals unknown diseases and neighboring tribes after all the world was still quote unquote empty in our current full world the mandate to be fruitful and multiply fill the earth and subdue it can no longer be applied so we need to now also come up right. with new religions yeah and if you want to get biblical i'm pretty sure they talk about how everybody falls under one religion and one world yeah. order um in the end times and right. again they're just throwing that in our faces yeah. <laughs> by saying hey we got to rethink religion here well, we got to rethink uh e- economics Politics, finances, well, I mean, all of it. I mean, let's face it. I mean, you know, the the global warming, you know, the green movement is in itself a religion, mm-hmm. right? The humanist, yeah, movement. I mean, it's all religion. It is. Says another basic evil, according to the authors, is the radical market orthodoxy that became par- paradigmatic after 1989. It emphasizes liberal liberalization, deregulation, and privatization. Uh, And the result is globalization, which has led to cutthroat competition between states and has produced many losers. The Club of Rome does not fundamentally condemn the market economy, but it criticizes phenomena like growing inequality. This is where it came in. Mm. The Club of Rome criticizes phenomena like growing inequality the dictates of the financial system, and the arrogance of global capitalism. Where do you think all these people made their money? Right, exactly. The arrogance of global capitalism. Yeah, right, they're they the are, definition. Yeah, and they are the per- 
perpetuators of mm. growing inequality, but yeah. they, they, for some reason, see uh, well because room it, to criticize. But but these people are it. It doesn't. Well, if you people, them. if you people would just get richer, yeah, we wouldn't exactly. have this. Right. Or, or if we just well, get, if we just get rid of all the poor people, well, yeah, then we right. don't have that inequality problem. Yeah, but it's like you know, we want to, we want you guys to be more equitable, like financially. Sure, but not us because we're on a different level. Obviously, I mean, it doesn't affect us. <laughs> right, our, our us being rich doesn't affect you guys. Right. Um, let's keep going to some more crazy stuff. I, I gotta find. Give me just a second. Oh, this got into the Jimmy Carter stuff. We we've we've yeah. talked on that enough. We can we can move forward. <laughs> yeah, I think God, you get the, the point up. with Jimmy Carter. Yeah, we we've kind of slammed that into the ground. So this one is a full fledged uh conspiracy thing that combines CIA, the Club of Rome, uh Dr. Fauci, Fort Dietrich. It, it combines all the uh, gain of function. I like how it highlights all the keywords yeah, that right. you want to see. Like, if you look here, it's like it, bol- it bolds uh, Club of Rome. It bolds Great Reset, gain of function, experimentation. And so, so this hits all, all, all the, the conspiracy stuff. talking Very nice. points. Very nice. But there's a few things that I just wanted to talk about in this one um, because it, it talks about this Peche guy and it says something that he wanted to do. Which I this is one of the things, another one of the things I'm like I, I don't know if he did this, but um, this is the crazy shit that I said we were going to get into because it talks about um, sometimes we when the research takes you in circles, it's best to start from the beginning. And in the beginning, there was the Depopulation Club of Rome, whose mandate was to pave the way for the New World Order's Great Reset, and it all started with the idea of using gain-of-function experimentation to develop ultimate bioweapon that would attack the body's immune system. This is where the story begins. You see how they're using all the words mm. to, to, to pull us in. Yeah. So this is the club of, a quote by the Club of Rome. What website is this? Uh, CivilianIntelligenceNetwork.ca. So it's Canadian. Okay. Uh, the common enemy of humanity is man. This is actually a quote by the, yeah. the quote by the Club of Rome. Uh, the common enemy of humanity is man. In searching for a new enemy to unite us, we read all this stuff. We read this this quote, actually. Uh, the re- real enemy, then, is humanity itself. It goes on to say, It was a difficult decision to agree upon as to how to go about this, but an answer came from Dr. Aurelio Peche of the Club of Rome. He advocated that a plague be introduced similar to that of the Black Death. The recommendation was to develop a microbe to attack the autoimmune system, rendering the development of a, I'm going to say, preventative medication, uh, to render that impossible. Orders were given to develop the microbe, develop a prophylactic and a cure. The microbe would be introduced by preventative medication to the masses. The prophylactic would be used by the elite. The cure would be administrated to survivors when it was decided that enough people had died, and this was part of the Global 2000 plan. Funding was obtained from Congress under, and it, and it cuts off there. This is supposedly a. I I don't know what book this comes out. Oh, it comes out of a book, The Asylum, which is like a. I I tried to find this book. It's like a super conspiracy theory novel. Okay. So again, not a very reliable resource here, but interesting idea there that this guy supposedly came up with this. Disease that would attack the autoimmune dis- uh, system. Yeah. What does that sound like to you? AIDS. AIDS. Hundred percent. Right. Yeah. Hundred percent sounds it, like AIDS. We talked about how we, we, you know, 
there were what there was uh, strands of DNA in COVID that mm-hmm. uh, that were close to the HIV. Yeah, well, th- well, this talks about uh, this book talks about how uh, they used AIDS to like depopulate Africa, and they like sure. actually, uh, it's like the AIDS was created in a lab to like kill black people. Sure. Theory again, theory, uh, but basically saying they're going to develop this disease, and it would attack the autoimmune system, so there would be no treatment for it. And when it killed off enough people, then they would all of a sudden discover the cure for this and give it to the rest of us, which the elites have been taking the whole time because they don't want to get it. Right. Says in 68, the Club of Rome determined the limits to growth. The results of the study was that civilizations as we know it would collapse shortly after the year 2000 unless population was seriously reduced. Several top secret recommendations were made to the ruling elite by Dr. Peche of the Club of Rome. The chief recommendation was to develop that microbe, which we talked about. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, the microbe would be used against the general population, be introduced by a vaccine, administered by the World Health Organization, which I don't think that even existed back in the 60s when Peche... So, so a lot of their theories here Mm. can be easily disproven yeah, because right. I don't think the World Health Organization actually existed back then. I, I don't think so. Not in its current... Yes. So the prophylactic was to be used by the ruling elite. The cure would be administrated or administered to survivors when they decided enough people died and it would be announced as newly developed. And, and again, that's not something that um, you know, the the vaccine was... I th- They pushed it out pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And I don't know maybe if that was... You know, I don't know politicians trying to save their own asses, but well, what they're saying basically is that the actual disease would come by means of the vaccine. Yes, gotcha. Um, but again, are are we talking about COVID? Are we talking about AIDS? Are we talking about a new? I was thing? gonna say maybe what, it's something. Totally... Well, well, we did see. Didn't I send you an article that they discovered like a super AIDS in like yeah. Norway or That's something? Right. Yeah. Yep. So just, maybe just this week you send it to us. Yeah, it's Super AIDS is coming now, so we got Woo! that to look forward to. Super AIDS says this plan was called Global 2000. We talked about that in that last article. Funding was obtained from the U.S. Congress under HB 1948. Okay, so they have been around. They long were enough. around. So it's possible. Given to the Department of Defense 1970 budget to produce a synthetic biological agent, an agent that does not naturally exist in for which no natural immunity could have been requ- could have been acquired. Virologists referred to this as gain-of-function research. They have to throw that in there to compare it to yeah. now. Um, that alters an organism or disease in a way that increases patho- pathogenesis, trans- transmissibility, or host range, the types of hosts the microorganism can infect. The whole gain-of-function, that is the gain-of-function re- right. research. The project was carried out at Fort Detrick, Maryland. Since large populations were to be disseminated, the ruling elite decided to target the undesirable elements of society for extermination. Initially, they targeted the black, Hispanic, and homosexual populations and currently are targeting the rest of society. The name of the project was developed uh, that developed the HIV virus that causes AIDS is this project, McNaomi. The African content, continent was infected with HIV through the smallpox vaccine in 77. Hmm. Again, we're not. Yes, again, this is just what we're reading. Here. We're reading. We're not saying <laughs> yeah. this is what happens. But somebody thinks this is true. Yes. 
<laughs> Members of the gay community in the U.S. were infected with HIV in 78 with the Hep B vaccine through the center, through the CDC, and now the rest of mankind is being infected through the COVID-19 vaccine. Wow. This this is a long-term project here. Yeah. It started well, in 78 or 77 with smallpox in Africa, then Hep B in 78 in the U.S., and yeah. now they're taking out the rest of us with, right. with the COVID-19. It says in 62, Roy Ash, Henry Kissinger, and Vice President Nelson Rockefeller, all members of the infamous Club of Rome, were financial investors in a company called Litton Bionetics. They helped finance and establish the National Cancer Institute, which was part of the National Institute of Health, the NIH, at Fort Detrick, which included Little Biotech's administration at the facility. Again, this, I mean, this is just, it's too yeah. throwing in all, right, everything yeah. it's in one. It's too perfect. Yeah, it's yeah. throwing everything in one lump and making this one giant yeah. uh, thing here. Right. It also throws in 9-11. Oh, It says, following nice. the attacks on 9-11, Fauci was involved in Project BioShield legislation, a plan to produce vaccines and treatments against uh, biological weapons for the Bush government, where he worked closely with Homeland Security. Key elements of the legislation was to allow private partnerships with pharmaceutical companies to develop and to allow stockpiling and distribution of the medical things that we're not going to say over and over again, yes. uh, which had not been tested for safety and efficacy on humans. You see, their plan was never about health preservation through the vaccines. It was always about global genocide with Anthony Fauci installed as the CIA's depopulation operative at Fort Detrick. Wow. That's... Uh... That's bold. That's bold. <laughs> okay, so we don't have to go on with this. Yeah, you I the... think this is going off the rails really fast. <laughs> but there is supposedly this Peche guy um, had this plan to implement this mm. depopulation control, and there are theories that um, that's what all this other stuff has emerged from. Yeah, which is, I think it's a bit out it's too outlandish it's too I, perfect it's too well yeah like you said they're they're checking all the boxes mm -hmm. on this one so we're making sure to grab every conspiracy theorist in one article yeah, right. and i i just... all they need to do is throw in kennedy and they got him sure <laughs> exactly yeah and kennedy uh was assassinated because he was going to expose the whole yeah, thing yeah right yeah exactly <laughs> even though he was killed in 63 yeah. before <laughs> the club of rome ever ever existed yeah. as a thing um so that that is outlandish and like i said in the first half if they are going to implement some sort of population control methods it's going to be more discreet more yeah. like not in your face as that yeah it's going to be more like seriously pushing uh contraceptives or right. uh abortions hardcore yeah. or pushing like the how china has the one one child yeah. order it, it's that kind of method. Or uh, brainwashing you to not have children right. at until later days. Yeah. The last thing I wanted to get into um, was this topic of this UNFPA. Because uh, Cato Institute came out with this article in 1999. And okay. um, any libertarian who's listening to this probably is familiar with Cato Institute because it's a predominantly libertarian. They, yep. they actually say that they are, for 40 years, Cato has led the charge for liberty in our nation and around the world. That's that's on their, their homepage there. So 
says the vision of Cato Institute is to create free, open, and civil societies founded on libertarian principles. So this is this isn't conspiracy, uh, like uh, looking in all the nooks and crannies of the internet for conspiracy theory sh- shit. This is from Cato Institute in 1999. They're talking about the UNFPA, which is a UN organization sure. that funds population control. <coughs> and the UNFPA actually stands for, where is it? It's basically population control. Mm-hmm. But um, United Nations Fund for Population Activities. That sounds great. I mean, yeah, it sounds better. all warm and cushy when you throw in the word oh, activities. Yeah. So right. much room for activities. Right. So, it's like uh, summer camp. In 1999, Cato came out and said, don't fund the UNFPA population control says within the next week or so congress will vote on whether to restore 60 million dollars of u.s taxpayer funding over the next two years for the united nations population fund or the unfpa for at least 30 years the unfpa has been complicit partner in some of the most unspeakable brutal population control programs around the globe (coughs) including china's genocidal one couple one child policy so the unfpa was behind china's one child policy maybe china was like a test ground probably almost universally women and children at least hundreds of thousands of them have been victims of the fanatical crusade the unfpa should not be refunded it should be universally condemned for the evil acts in which it participated These days, almost no sane person gives any credence to the population bomb hysteria that was all the rage in the 60s and 70s. So, again, this is 1999. Yeah. And Cato is saying nobody really gives credence to that whole theory that the population is out of control like they did in the 60s and 70s. But now, 22, 23 years later, we're back full cycle and we're back on this, hey, there's too many fucking people here. we got to do something. Every prediction of massive starvations, echo catastrophes of biblical proportions, and a hundred dollar a barrel oil has been discredited. How many times has oil gotten to a hundred dollars a barrel in the last like ten years? A lot. It, it's been a, a couple yeah. times at least. Uh, by it's been discredited by global economic and environmental progress of the past quarter century. Intellectually, the Malthusians' limits to growth menace is stone dead. The Malthusians were kind of the basis. Uh, ideology behind that Peche's thinking. Gotcha. Within the Clinton and Gore State Department, Malthusians, Malthusianism flourishes. The Clinton administration still allocates almost $300 million a year to international population control, or what is euphemistically described these days as family planning. So if you ever hear mm, the phrase like family, family planning. planning in like third world countries, yeah. it's population control. Yep. In countries ranging from India to Mexico to Nigeria to Brazil, the basic human right of couples to control their own fertility and determine their own family size has been trampled upon by the state. Thanks in larger part to flows of dollars and deluges of false limits to growth propaganda supplied by the American government. The UNFPA, however, has had a particularly demon-like presence in developing nations. Back in the Reagan years, Congress sensibly pulled out of the UNFPA because of its complicity in some of the most inhumane forms of population containment. Today, the UNFPA ludicrously maintains the fiction that the agency has fought coercive policies. How does one explain, then, that the UNFPA once gave an award to the Chinese government for the effectiveness of its genocidal one-child-per-couple policy? Hmm. To this day, no one knows precisely how many babies and women have died at the hands of the population control fanatics in China. 
What we do know is that this program will go down in history as one of the greatest abuses of human rights in the 20th century. The Chinese government, government's birth control policy already claimed an estimated 5 to 10 million victims. I say already because this is an ongoing genocide. An estimated 80 to 90 percent of the victims have been girls. Little do they know how much genocide is still going on to this day right? in China. Yeah. Again, this was 23 years ago that they're talking on this. Incredibly, the members of Congress leading the campaign to restore funding uh, tend to be pro-choice women, principally these people that I've never heard of because it's not 1999. Um but how in the world can an agency that participates in programs that sterilize women against their will or that tells women they have an ecological responsibility to have only one or two at most children possibly be called pro-choice? That's a very good question. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's a question that people people should be asking. And these family planners are the opposite of family planning. Right. It's, it's lack of family yeah, planning. Exactly. It's you don't need a family planning. Yeah, like so, yeah. you don't deserve a family plan. It's oh, you already have two kids. You don't need any more because you're going to kill the planet. Says last year, U.S. Senate Committee on Human Rights heard from witnesses of China Population Program, who related how rural women are forcibly strapped to steel tables in hospitals and their babies aborted. In some cases, in the seventh, eighth, and ninth month of pregnancies, Miss mm. Maloney may fantasize that the UNFPA promotes reproductive rights, but there are quite literally millions of women in China, India, and Mexico who would beg to differ. So again, we talked about the crazy depopulation shit in that last article. That we're like, yeah, that's that's probably not what's right. really going on here. It's more subtle things like this. Right. It's this agenda that, that we here in the United States, that we don't really have to focus on because we're smarter, you know? Right. Absolutely. We, we are pro-life. We uh pro-family, like right. family family planning, as they say. Um, we make smart decisions with yeah. prophylactics or abortions or whatever. Right. But in these other countries, they don't know better. We got to right. implement certain regulations on them because— yeah. Those are the undesirables, specifically, yeah. that we don't need, you know, well, using up all our resources. The, the unfortunate part of it is it's not, it's not, it has nothing to do with education. It's culture, mm-hmm. you know, where it's, you're supposed to have the big families. Yeah. Right? Well, it's like the demonization of the Pope statement that we talked yeah. about in the beginning, where the Pope's like, uh, you know, we need to have more babies because yeah. of X, Y, or Z. And people are like... How can this pope say this? Well, right. he's Catholic. Of course he's yeah, going to say right. that. They don't believe in birth control. Exactly, because again, it says in the Bible, be fruitful mm. and mul- multiply. But we got to rethink right. that. We got to change our religion. We got to rethink religion. We got to rethink yep. uh economics. Otherwise, we will have to keep implementing some of these. Right. Well, this is why they want to start shipping people off to Mars, right? Well, obviously. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because I mean, you can like Elon Musk all you want, but he's one of these people. He's not necessarily a population controllist, but he right. sees the the resources as depleting, and we yeah. got to get the hell out of here. Exactly. So, uh, what do you think of this uh, UNFPA thing? Is this not some crazy bullshit? No, that is it is crazy, but we, and we all know it's legitimate. That I mean, yeah, it exists. We know that it's funded. Like I said, I. Learned all about it in sociology class and how they were doing good work in Africa, you know? Right. So this goes on to say a vote for the UNFPA is a vote for a fanatical anti-people creed that holds that we should celebrate the planting of a tree or a litter of three baby seals, 
but that we should regard the birth of a human couple's third baby in China or India or even the U.S. as eco-terrorism. Yeah. This is fundamentally anti-Christian philosophy, and it explains why groups like the UNFPA, Zero Population Growth, and Planned Parenthood view the Catholic Church as the evil empire. Is there really an organization called Zero Population Growth? I don't know. I'm curious. That says it all. Yeah, I mean, exactly. they, they straight up say— They don't hide anything, do they? They might as well be called— <laughs> Population control yeah. or depopulation organization. Yeah, right. I mean, at least Planned Parenthood is a little subtle. So this will appeal to uh, any of the uh, libertarians out there. It says, The cause of world hunger and environmental disasters in the world today is not too many people. It's too much statism. Mm-hmm. Almost all the greatest ecological damage of the past 50 years was perpetrated by socialists behind the Iron Curtain. <coughs> so. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with that. I, I, I feel like... Government intervention mm-hmm. has caused... I mean, look how many people starved when communism took over in Russia. Yeah. And yes, there was a famine, but that was also caused by them not properly maintaining right. their fields, not properly uh, implementing proper mm-hmm. farm controls and stuff, which yeah. caught, led to um, the famines, which was, again... Government yeah. responsibility, and then yeah. people starve, which was government responsibility. Too much government, right. and but so I, I guarantee you that Stalin and his, his 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 government circle, they probably had plenty of food. Oh yeah, right. They they weren't. I mean, shit. They probably had you know five squares a meal a day. Yeah, and uh, but those are the types of people. These people are like you know. There's too many people in the world, and mm. the people are the problem. They're eating too much food, and they're having too many babies, yeah. and. Uh, but I mean, you get fucking uh, what's what's her name? Um, Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, who is coming out and speaking out against climate change as she's freaking flying? Yeah, I think they said she spent over five hundred thousand dollars on private jet flights yeah. in twenty twenty alone. Yeah, and it's like these these people. Yeah. But the again, biggest tip, it's like they're not at our level. It's like oh no, again, gotta, it doesn't apply to them. We gotta consume less. Yeah. We got to make less babies. We got to do all this stuff. But 99% of the problem comes from them. Yeah. Yeah. But again, it doesn't apply to them. No. Their, their babies are better than our babies. Obviously. They don't mean them when they yeah. say no. people are the problems. They don't mean them. They They're mean They're not pe- Yeah. They us. mean us the peasants. Yeah. And it's like how did how did we get to this? Like and it's the people the peop those people that say Oh, there's this giant inequality gap here. What do we yeah. do about this inequality right. gap? I, I just scratching my head. Like, uh, all the resources are here, and mm-hmm. all these people don't have any resources, and there's just this big gap here. And as, as I'm eating yeah. a big old turkey legs, right. like, yeah. What yeah. do I do about there. world hunger over there? Yeah. Here, um, here, give that to the dog. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah, You're right. As they're flying in circles in their private jet mm. and, and pouring water out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Watering their fish yeah, with exactly. Evian. <laughs> Here you go. Here you go. You yeah. look thirsty. <laughs> it, it, it's yeah. We 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 joke, but unfortunately, that's the way they look at it. You know, it's like, hmm. Well, I I really don't have enough money for to feed the help. Um, but make sure you give the dogs the filet mignon. You right. know, I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. So we're we're out of time. We gotta go. We talked crazy. We've talked less crazy yes. and stuff that's actually happening. And we've talked about people that don't proclaim to be depopulationists, but yeah. their actions say otherwise. Say otherwise. The the things that they believe in. They can't believe in one without believing in depopulation. Yeah. 
Do you think there's a depopulation agenda somewhere out there? I probably do. not named like the global the genocide, genocide <laughs> yeah, no, agenda. Right. Yeah. No, it's probably called like Blue Harvest. <laughs> no, I I do. I do absolutely think that that is again, I you know, you could see in the coverage of the with the lockdowns mm-hmm. how they were just praising how nature was flourishing without people in the way. I mean, it's just I I I do feel like they that we are like I said, like a like a pest mm-hmm. of, upon the earth, and they have to control that. And so, I, you know, what better way to do that than knock off a third of the population? Right. How they do that, I don't know. But I think it's probably going to be more. Well, I think it can. If it's as bad as they say it is, it can only be subtle for so long, though. It can only oh, exactly. be like the. They can only push like the forced sterilization yeah. in third world countries so long to. To yeah. the point where they're like, "All right, guys, we gotta we gotta speed this shit up yeah. because it it's progressing faster right. than we thought." So now we got to take more extreme measures here. And when do the extreme measures and what the extreme measures right. will be? That's the scary right. shit. Here. And, and and what 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 side of the population do they decide they want it? World population do they want to take out? What mm-hmm. what third do they want? You it's know? obviously the poorest, obviously. Well, yeah, or the least uh, productive to society. Right. The least skilled, or well, the is it, or or will it be? You know, I mean, you know, with being equitable and all, I mean, why not take equitable is nothing to them. Oh, I know that it's just a way for them to make people believe in them. But but I mean, if they're trying to to make points and and they are calling global, you know, um, what is it, uh, global warming, you know, white supremacist and stuff, why not take out a, a good section of of white people? Right. Yeah. I mean, that would be a good way to make things a little bit more equitable. One last theory I'd seen. I'm just going to hit it really fast. Was <coughs> got got a cough right in the mic. <coughs> One last theory was that um, all this crazy migration was to uh, put some of these third world people into like the Western mindset of mm-hmm. like how how we have our family planning mindset here. So to kind of assimilate us or them into this mindset. So maybe they'll uh, convert to our Western ways here of not having so many babies. I I can see that. I I can see that too, but I, I I don't know where this goes, but um, looking at the people that are trying to make all these decisions and the things that they say and how the things that they're supposedly concerned about, I don't put a past them that there's a Thanos sitting up there somewhere that is just like, I have to take this upon myself to take out to save humanity right. to take out a third of the population yeah. so that the rest of us can thrive. It's like yeah. deer hunters, like right. like we hunt deer so the rest of the deer population can actually yeah. survive. I right. I know these people. That's their mindset. Absolutely, is we gotta we gotta do this for the good of humanity. Absolutely, and um, some of the critics of this, uh, what was that 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 report that they did the yeah, the club of Rome yeah. came up with. I can't even think of the name of it. Um, the limits to growth or whatever. Oh, yeah, um, what, some of the critics were like, because they're like, uh, the world can only sustain growth for so long, and then we're going to see a massive decline in growth. It's just like, so let's artificially decline growth, yeah. or naturally hit that peak where we have we just naturally hit like a decline in growth. It's like. Yeah. Why not just ride this out naturally, and it'll correct itself down the road? Yeah. And well, they're like, well, it'll come and hit us at, at, with such fury that we won't be able to um, to bounce back from it, right. basically. But a lot of the critics are like, just just 
be people like let, let's not try to destroy the world right. yeah and if it goes on a natural decline at some point then then right. then it'll correct itself yeah. it'll do exactly what you're saying you want to do but the difference is they won't be able to grab the power right. in the process and, and that's, that's the exactly, whole point is yes. they want to grab the power it's about the control control all the resources so they can yeah uh so they're not the ones affected by that mm-hmm. because if there's a natural decline they might be affected by that so mm-hmm. they want to take control of it so that they get out in front of it so then they're not on the decline well, that we're the ones on the decline and, and again they're they're thinking two-dimensionally because it's like well it, it'd be easier if we take out part of the population right right but there's so much untapped potential in sure. the world yeah but they, they, they don't see us as resources. potential no all they that. see us as is is producers right. of shit for them well, yeah, we're consumers. Yeah, you know, and and that's it. We 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 take away from them, right? So it's you know it, it's a, a very narrow minded. So they come set. up with robots to produce all their shit, so they can right, take out because they don't need us anyways. Right. We do got to get out of here. We are out of time. I could keep talking about this yeah. for. I mean, there's so many rabbit trails and stuff. Oh my gosh, there's so much I want to look up. When <laughs> I do too. <laughs> uh, Make sure you go back and check out some of our other episodes where we talk about the World Economic Forum. We talk about Agenda 20 or 2030 or whatever it's called, whatever they're calling it these days. We talk about the Great Reset. We talk about the Green New Deal, all these things that tie together. Build back better. Yeah, it's all the same, in line with the same same type thing. So um, go back, check some of those episodes out. Uh, Check us out all over social media. You can find us everywhere. Most of them are at Break the Bell Pod. Uh, go to our website, www.breakthebellpod.com, and you can find access to um, some of our previous content or links to some of our uh, mm. our social media pages and stuff like that. So check us out. Make sure you come back next week for another live episode, same time, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, uh, next Monday. Otherwise, be back here for the weekend wrap-up at the end of the week where we wrap up the week. As I said. It is what it is. Um do some digging yourself. Again, none of, we, we don't say that any of this is necessarily true, but we do say that the people at the top have this mentality that it wouldn't surprise us yeah. if any of this was true, to be honest. Right. We got to get out of here. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you next time. Peace. Goodbye. The Break the Bell podcast is brought to you by you. So pat yourself on the back because without you, we would be talking to ourselves. A special thanks to our Patreon members, Justin Zielinski, Remzo Martinez, Stephanie Parker, and T.O. Jacobson. A shout-out to our sponsors, Run Your Mouth Coffee, the On The Run Podcast, and Goulash Media. If you'd like to help support us, visit patreon.com slash breakthebell, or buy our garbage at breakthebell.bigcartel.com. Get back here next week, and let us continue to invade your ear holes, And as always, never stop talking.